نشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له الحمد لله رب العالمين الحمد لله الوالي الكريم وصلى الله على أنبياء أجمعين والمسيح والمحسي والمجدد لمن مرسلين أما بعد Are we not the bearers of witness that nothing would exist if Allah didn't create it? And that He is alone and has no part? And that all gratitude is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the sustainer of all the boundless universes. All gratitude is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the generous eternal friend. And send salutations of Allah on all of His prophets and His apostles. And on the Messiah, the anointed one. And on the Mahdi, the God, and on the Mujaddid, the Reform, which was all sent from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We send greetings and we send peace throughout the boundless universe to all. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. The man of the hour, airing seven days a week at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. On WGAG Radio. But there's a visible. And it's, he, read, he read through the whole story of the planet Rid was flashing in pictures like this. And how the planet ozone layer was depleted and the rays were coming through from three suns this morning. And our people were dying by the millions. You understand? And how the people were not taking heed to the messengers called the Dineer, who were their spiritual guides that would tell them and warn them it wasn't easy. It was a very successful environment. And they cued it on each individual. They got to me, he said, Yanu. I was like, Yanu.
They just told them, you're a good person. If you pray, you're going to heaven. And he's a bad man because you don't pray the way you pray. We must stop him by any means necessary. This is what the children of life are taught, the Luciferians. You hear me? They knew that Atum Ra would come. They knew this day was coming. They longed for this day. But they never expected to happen the way it happened. They never expected to be the world town in Georgia, to say the least. They want to see the, the light coming out of the east under the west. Well, I was born in Umberland and flew over to America as a child. Son, out of the east under the west. It was a very successful environment. 
and they cued on each individual. They got to me, he said, Yannon. I was like, Yannon.
not confirmed, he must be up to something. Heaven did. What happened on this? Do you know? Do I know? What we do know is that a bunch of people apparently committed suicide. Right? But before they committed suicide, it all went out and brought, brought expensive black suits and brand new Nikes. They could have bought vodka. That's very interesting. They had to buy expensive sneakers to die in. Jesus' presence 
was for the removal of sin from the world. However, here we are in 1987, and tonight when you look on the news, you hear a catastrophe of sin. So therefore, that was not complete. Here's why you know. Yes, Jesus was sent into the world to improve the world of sin and righteousness, correct? Mm -hmm. But if you open your Bible to the book of St. John's, 13.22, then the disciples looked one on another, doubting whom he spent. Now they were leaning on Jesus' bosom, one of the disciples whom Jesus loved, Simon Peter, right? Therefore beckoned to him that he should ask, who it should be of whom he spoke, because Jesus spoke about someone coming. He said, lying on Jesus' breast, said unto him, Lord, who is it? Jesus answered, he it is to whom I shall give to suffer when I have dipped it. Jesus is now telling them to look out for a man named Judas, correct? Mm -hmm. Who they were trying to find out in this meeting who was this person, this mysterious person, who Jesus said was going to deliver him for destruction? I'm saying that to say that Jesus, even up to that point, at that last supper, he thought that he was going to die. He really thought it was over. But prior to that, he gave them mention of a comforter. Let's see how it starts off in 16. These things have I spoken unto ye, that ye should not be offended, upset. He's talking to them. I'm telling you about something so you don't be upset, Jesus said. They shall put you out of the synagogues. You see that statement there? By Jesus making that statement, he told you what religion they were following in the time that he was there. They definitely wasn't being put out of churches. And they can't say that's because there was no churches because the churches is mentioned throughout the scriptures. But these people were going to synagogues, his followers. He said they're going to put you out of the synagogue. So they were Israelites following Judaic teachings, not Christians following anything new. You see that? Yea, the time cometh that whosoever killeth you will think that he does a law's service. He's saying the day is going to come that when people are starting to kill you people, his followers, they're going to think they're doing the right thing for God. That's a frightening thought. And these things will they do unto you because the Father, nor me. He separated himself from the Father again. They have not known the Father, nor me. He didn't see himself as the Father. We understand that, right? Four. But these things have I told you, that when the time shall come, ye may remember that I told you of them. And these things I said, not unto you, at the beginning, because... I was not with you. I didn't tell you all these things when I first came because I wasn't in your company. Why? Because John, in the books of Mark, the Baptist, had control of the congregation before Jesus came. Jesus didn't teach them about a comforter or a successor in the beginning, he said, because I wasn't in your midst. Now that I'm with you, I'll tell you. He's gone. But now I go my way to him that what? Jesus meant that he's going someplace back to some being that had sent him. If we took that word sent and brought it back to the language, we get Rasul, Rasala, an apostle. That Jesus said, I'm going because I was an apostle, sent. Right? Mm -hmm. And none of you asked me, where the goest thou? 
I told you I'm going back to someone who sent me, and not one of you disciples have even asked, where are you going? He said to them, see that? Yeah. But because I have said these things unto you, sorrow has filled your heart. But because I said I'm going to die, y'all are sad. But none of y'all asked me where I was going or how I was going to die. You didn't even ask. So they went to tell you that they took the story and started fabricating their own definition. You didn't ask me. Because if I, if I was Jesus and I said to you, I'm getting ready to go back to heaven, should you be sad or happy? Happy. That's right. If I said, I'm getting ready to get nailed on this cross, should you be sad or happy? Yeah. If I said, I'm getting ready to get nailed on this cross, that you may be forgiven for your sins, should you be sad or happy? Confused. Yeah. <laughs> but they're not confused. They're sad. They didn't think of him as dying for them. They didn't see that. <laughs> Watch. Now, seven. Nevertheless, he said, however, even though, nevertheless, regardless, I tell you the truth. I'm going to tell you the truth. That means he lied before? No, he knows that these people would pervert the things he said, change them. He said, let me tell you the truth. However, Knowing how, how you didn't even care to ask me where I was going. However, I will tell you the truth anyway. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient, which means better for you, that I go away. He told his disciples, you know, it's better for you that I go. Why? Well, if I go not, the comforter will not come unto you. So he made a condition here. The condition is that the comforter could not come while he was there. Question. Go ahead. So the comforter, which he's talking as Muhammad? And I'm going to show you how, I know what you're thinking. So I'll get to that, the Holy Spirit. I will show you. I can make it simple. Jesus said, if you see that spirit, test that spirit to see whether it is of God or not. And then he followed by saying, because many false prophets are gone unto the world. That's the next verse. So therefore, Jesus classified a spirit as a prophet right there. So when you see that spirit, test that prophet to see whether it is of God or not, because many false prophets are going into the world. So he called a spirit a prophet, okay? That's for the Christians who say it's the Holy Ghost. Right. And I say it couldn't be the Holy Ghost only because Elizabeth got the Holy Ghost before Elizabeth was John the Baptist's mother, was filled with the Holy Ghost to give birth to John the Baptist. Refer to the book of Luke, chapter 1, verse 15. And that was before Jesus, right? Mm -hmm. So therefore, the Holy Ghost was here before Jesus. But Jesus tells him in this section here, in chapter 16, verse 7, if I don't go, the comforter cannot come. What does he mean by that? But, however, if I depart, if I depart, not when I depart, However, if, it's a, a question here, I depart, I will send him unto you. One prophet always foretells the coming of the next. Right? Okay. And when he, one he, is come, he, another he, will reprove the world of sin. I thought Jesus was supposed to reprove the world of sin. I see not. That's right. This comforter was the one that's going to do it. Now let's look at that. A real Muslim don't drink, right? Or smoke cigarettes. Or do all the devilish things that the world makes so easy. Now, 
Muhammad came and reproved the world of sin. He came with a doctrine that removed sin. Let's go on. And when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Then he tells them why. Of sin, why? Because they believe not on me. He goes, your answer. Yes, he was sent into the world to remove the world of sin, but did they believe it? And that's why it was necessary for someone else to come and do the job that he did not do. Because he said, I came to my own in St. John's, but my own receiveth me not. But all those that do, they too will have the power to become the sons of the Most High. But here he has to tell them the reason why the covenant is coming to remove the world of sin, because I was supposed to do it, but you didn't have no faith in me. He goes on. Of righteousness, because what? I go to my father. I go to my father, and what? And you see me no more. Will they see him again? What did he say? Christians keep saying, we'll see him again. He's coming. He's coming out of all the gospel singers. Jesus is coming out of the cloud. We're waiting for him. Let's sing this gospel song. Lord, come. Here we come. Where is he coming? Where is he coming? Jesus said, you ain't going to see me no more. Because he said he sent his angel signifying it. Like I read earlier, he sent his angel representing him in the book of Revelation. Stop looking for him because he's not no little, no blonde hair, blue-eyed man. Ain't coming out no clouds for you. So y'all might as well stop. The slave master got you looking up so he can put his hand in your pocket. Amen. You better start looking the white man in the eye and let him know you know who you are and watch him back up. He can't stand a black person looking him in the eye. Try it. He got you looking down because he can't take them, them eyes of flames of fire, that pain, that sadness, that soul, that gospel that comes in your eyes when you look at him. But he, he knows what he did to you. Go on. He says, of judgment because the what? The prince of this world is judged. Because they judged him. He came to cast judgment on the world as Lord of Lord and King of Kings, and in turn got judged. <laughs> He said, Muhammad is going to pass judgment on y'all. And Muhammad came in speaking about the day of judgment. If you open the Holy Quran to the first book, Surah Al-Fatiha, he calls Allah Maliki Yawmuddin, the day, the master of the day of judgment. Right away, he, the first thing Muhammad passed on everybody was what Jesus said he would, judgment on the world. Go ahead. Day of judgment. Why? Because the prince of this world is judged. That was him. Not the prince of heaven. He didn't say he was the prince of heaven. He said he was the prince of... That's right. Go ahead. Now, number 12. I have yet... Here's another thing. Jesus said, I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. He said, I have more things to teach you, people. However, you all ain't ready for Now, how can you go and start a church... When the preacher or the teacher is telling you he hasn't finished teaching you. He just said, I got a lot of things to teach you. So you didn't graduate. You didn't get no diploma. But you went out and formed the Jehovah's Witness, Seventh-day Adventist, Pentecostals, Protestant, Lutheran, and Holiness Name, and, and the spiritual Baptist, etc., etc., etc. When the man who was the head or the prince of the university who was supposed to be teaching you people didn't finish teaching you. Yet you set a school up unpracticed. Without your degrees, without your credentials, and of course, without the proper information. So how do you know what Jesus was going to say next? So how do you set the church up before he finished telling both? The last thing he's going to say is, and therefore, I messed up and we got to start all over again. 
How do you know that it's like a teacher's teaching you how to dance? And, I, and then you say, well, who taught you? Well, I have to get this out myself. Would you say that? No. Now, shoot, I could do this on my own. Let me get out of here. Well, I was going to somebody's school for two weeks, and you didn't finish? No. Let me get out of here. This is what you just said. Jesus told them, I want to teach y'all many more things. However, you ain't ready for them. They just wasn't ready for what he had to teach. The spiritual transition from, from transforming them from physical beings back into an angelic state. They were fussing over what they were eating and where they were going to get sandwiches from, what clothes they would wear, and where they'd get their money from. That's all in Matthew 6. He talks about that. Okay? So they couldn't have set no church up because he ain't finished. He said, however, when he, another he, the spirit of truth, that's Muhammad's name is El-Amin, the truth. And the angel Gabriel came to Muhammad, who was the spirit of the Most High, and told Muhammad to read. And Muhammad told him, I can't read. So he couldn't have said anything of his own. Muhammad didn't teach nothing himself. Anything he taught, the angel put in him. Because he was considered to them an ummi, one who was not qualified to quote scripture. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you. And Muhammad says, guide us to the right path in Surah Al-Fatiha again. Guide us right there you know, in the first uh, chapter of the Holy Quran, which has seven verses. He says, guide us to the right path. He will do what? He will guide you to the truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but only whatsoever shall he hear, that shall he speak. And he shall show you things to come. Now, this man was to be a what? What is a man in the Bible called who shows you things to come? A person who shows you things to come is a person that has the power of prophecy. Therefore, Jesus is saying, if we see, they mistranslate, show you things to come, means he would be a prophet. <laughs> you see that? The Holy Ghost does not come and show you things to come. He comes with the word of the Most High, and when he declares a thing and says in the Bible, be, it is. <laughs> That's what the angel Gabriel said to Mary. Well, the Almighty just declares a thing, and it is. But prophets come and foretell what is going to happen. And Jesus described this comforter as being someone who would foretell what is going to happen. You understand? Mm -hmm. Now, in Isaiah 19.26, they make mention of a prophet who's not learned. And when an angel comes to him and said, read, he said, I'm not able to read. Literally, it says it. Okay? Just for those who need to look it up. He shall glorify me. This prophet who would tell them of things to come is going to glorify Jesus. You know that Jesus is mentioned the most out of every prophet of all the history of the scriptures. Jesus' name is mentioned the most in the Quran. He's exalted as being born of a virgin, raised into heaven. He was called the word of the most high, the spirit of truth. And they lust just in this world and in the hereafter. Now that's not glorifying a person. I don't know what it is. Muhammad glorified Jesus' name. He's in there more than Moses, Abraham, and everybody else. Okay. He shall glorify me. Why? 
for he shall receive of mine and show it unto you. All of you people were Jesus' disciples. You were his people. And now you're coming over to Muhammad. You see that? But you're not coming over to Muhammad as a Mohammedan, because the Mohammedans don't know how to glorify Jesus' name. You're coming to a congregation where you hear Jesus' name being mentioned and glorified, because you know it's true. Muhammad received of Jesus. The parts of the Holy Quran that are identical to that of the Injil. Word for word, in fact. I'm putting it in a book I'm working on now. About the comforter. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore said I that he shall take of mine and shall show it unto you. He wanted to clear up that they, he wasn't trying to say that he owns everything. He was trying to say everything that my Heavenly Father owns is mine. And that applies to me and you also. Everything that the Heavenly Father owns is yours. Now he was just trying to clear up so he didn't think he was on an ego trip. A little while, and ye shall not see me. And again, a little while, and ye shall see me, because I go to my Father. See that quote? First he tells them, and after a little while, you shall not see me. And what happened is, after Jesus had his incident, it was a day and a half that they did not see Jesus. And then he appeared later in the upper room, and they saw him again. He was trying to tell them, there's going to be an incident where I'm going to disappear. I am not dead yet. I, am not, I did not go to my father as of yet. A little while, and you won't see me. And if you think about that situation between the garden and the wrestle in the garden, and then Jesus is not there, not seen by disciples, and Mary Magdalene sees him, and later on in the evening he comes in, and Dalton Thomas doesn't see him, and then eight days later, it says in the Bible, then he comes to the upper room where Thomas is there. Eight days had passed. That's a little while here. You're not going to see me. Then what does he say? And again, a little while. And he shall see me because I go to my father. And then the second time they saw him after he crossed the desert, what did Jesus do? Descended up into heaven right in front of them. And they stood there watching him go up. And two angels told him the same way he went up is the way he will return in the latter day. He's all Bible quotes, backing themselves up. Okay? Then said some of his disciples amongst themselves now, He's standing there talking to them. And some of them lean over to themselves and say, What is this that he said unto us? A little while, and he shall not see me. And again a little while, and he shall see me. And because I go to my father. Here he's talking to them. They didn't turn to him and ask him what he meant. Just like black people in America. They don't come and ask. They get off to themselves right there and start saying, What the heck is he talking about? Instead of trying to write to him and say, excuse me, Lord, what did you mean? They go, oh, I think you mean this. Well, I thought he meant this. And then they got denominations, five percenters and splinter groups. They said, therefore, what is this that he said? They repeat the same thing. What's the meaning of a little while? We cannot tell what he said. We don't know what he means. Now, Jesus knew that they were, what, desirous to ask him and said unto them. He knew that they wanted to ask him a question, but didn't. So he said what? Do ye inquire amongst yourselves of that I said a little while, and ye shall not see me, and again a little while, and ye shall see me? Verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say unto ye, unto you, 
that ye shall not weep and lament, but the world shall rejoice, and ye shall be sorrowful, but your sorrow shall be turned into joy. He said, I'm trying to tell you that anybody's going to think that I am dead, and you're going to be brokenhearted, and then you're going to see me again. And that's what happened when he came in the upper room. They were joyful when they found out that he had not died on the cross. Refer to the book of Luke, chapter 24, verse 36. It's very simple. Now, why don't they preach that? Because they don't understand it. Look, that's my job. That's why I'm here. They don't understand. I'm here to make these things clear so y'all can go out. I'm like the spirit of truth. It's up to y'all to take this and say, make that clear to Reverend Talk Y'all or Pastor Ribs. Listen, Pastor Ribs, make this clear. You understand? And he can't do it. Then if you can't do it, then sit off the throne because you're inquiring about Jesus and he has a spokesman right on earth talking to us. He has a spokesman here preaching to us, and you're taking his words and trying to translate them your way. No, it doesn't work like that. I understand. Okay. Um, so one other thing that it kind of relates to this. So then what's the purpose of them teaching about the Holy Trinity? What's the purpose of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit? Okay. If they're, if they're, as I take it, Jesus was prophet. He was a messenger, right? That's right. And every so why prophet, are they only acknowledging? Every prophet has the Trinity in them. Let me tell you why. Because Jesus said, our Father who art where? In heaven. That's the Father. He said, I am the Son of what? Man. Amen. That's the Son. And the Son of God. That's the Son. And Mary shall be filled of the Holy Ghost. And that was the angel. So every man you see who acknowledges the Heavenly Father, recognizes that He is the Son and can be filled with the Holy Ghost. You see what I'm saying? They just made it out of a religion. That's their problem. Yes. They just turned it into a religion. All He meant was the Father, which is in Heaven, the Son, which is all humanity, and the Holy Spirit, which is the angels that God us. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, Trinity. The Muslims are so confused, they think the Christians are saying three different gods. Three different gods in one, instead of just listening. They listen to each other, they coordinate, they get along. But the Muslims want to make themselves seem so intelligent, they don't really listen to what a Christian say. If you take a Christian and say, excuse me, by Father, what do you mean? Well, they say the Father, Son, Holy Ghost, three in one. Great, all that's fine, it's like a cup of tea. You can have sugar, milk, and water in between oh, yeah. one. No problem, I ain't got no problem with that, as long as we differentiate the different substances that make up the cup of tea, which is... Milk comes from one type of creature, tea comes from another, and water from something totally different or sugar. Now, when you say, Father, Reverend, what do you mean? I don't want to hear your interpretation. I want to hear your meaning, which you're supposed to have gotten from the Word of the Holy Spirit, because they just open your mouth and the Holy Spirit will put His Word into it. I want you to tell me by Father, Rev, what do you mean? Jesus said, my Father, I am not greater than He. I just quoted him and saying those who rejected my father in St. John chapter 14 and 15. My father. So he separated himself from the Father. And the Holy Spirit, if he's going to send it, can't be him. If it's going to be here when he's not here, it can't be him. The way you see it. So therefore, the angels 
are the spirits, the Holy Spirit, and of course there's unholy spirits that are spiritually driving these Christian Pentecostal churches. And these people think they're being touched by our Holy Spirit, and they're being touched by unholy spirits. No Holy Spirit is going to take no old women and pick up out of seat and throw her on the floor. <laughs> no Holy Spirit is going to dirty your clean white dress. And knock you out. Okay. And knock you on the floor and have you foaming out your mouth. That ain't no Holy Spirit. Assalamu alaikum. Um, did Jesus accomplish what he was sent here for? Unfortunately, no. Because if he did, the book of St. John, chapter 14, and of course 15, let's read it and see what happens. He said, now Jesus, now notice what he said. Number one, let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. If it wasn't true, I would have told you. People say, if it was not true, I wouldn't have told you. It's backwards. Mm -hmm. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, which is mentioned in Revelation chapter 21, the Lamb returning. And where I am, there ye may be also. And whether I go, you know, and the way, you know. Where I'm going, you know, and how I'm going to leave, you already know. What did Thomas say? Lord, we know, we know not whether thou goest. Jesus just told them what? They didn't know. What did they just say? They didn't know. Now, here to them, according to Christians, this is God telling them, you know what I'm getting ready to do, right? You do know. And then they say, no, we don't know. <laughs> He's showing them something. He's saying, in all that he taught them, in all the years he was here, they should know. You follow? Watch it goes on. And how can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way. See, that means they didn't understand his teachings at all. They said, how should we know the way? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Now people say, see, that means everybody got to go through Jesus. Yeah, everybody in his time who he was sent to. Otherwise, he wouldn't be sending another comforter, which we'll get to. Okay? If you had known me, what? You should have known my father also. Now, did he call himself God there? No. He like, right there, he made it clear. He said, if you knew me, you'd know my father. Our father who art in heaven, not here on earth inside me. If you would have known me, you would have known my father. Go ahead. And from henceforth, ye know him and have seen him. There it is. Now go ahead. Philip say unto him, Lord, show us the Father. Which means rabbi. So now Christians say, see, that means when they say seen him, that means that Jesus was the Father incarnate, right? Mm -hmm. That's not what Philip, but Philip said, okay. He looked right past Jesus and said, well, show him to us then. Then we see him. So they did not see Jesus as God. Read it again. Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it suffices us. And now watch out, Jesus. So that means 
If you show up, the Father will be satisfied. Jesus said, when you see me, you see the Father. Therefore, you have seen the Father. And they said, okay, now, where is he? They didn't see him as him. Watch what Jesus says now. Jesus saith unto him, have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? Wait, that, that was a question, not a statement. <laughs> he that hath seen me hath seen the Father. Why? And how sayest thou then, show us the Father? Go ahead. Believest thou not that I am in the Father? And? The Father in me? Not I am the Father, and the Father is me. That I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. The same light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He blew into man of his spirit, and man became a living soul. He created man in his image and after his likeness. Every man is endowed with the spirit of the Most High. When you see a righteous man, you see the spirit of the Father. When you see a righteous man, you see the spirit of the Holy Ghost. You see the manifestation of the Heavenly Father. Jesus ain't saying nothing unusual. When you see me, you see the Father, because when I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. Go ahead. And the words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself. But what do you say? The words I speak to you, I don't speak of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Not Jesus. Jesus is not telling people to pray to him. Jesus is telling people that the Spirit of the Father is moving in him. It's his works. Jesus said it's not my work. It's the work of the Father which is in him. In me. Please stop blaspheming the name of the Father by combining him with his son. Go ahead. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me. You teach it. Or else believe me for the very work's sake. Or else just believe me by the miracles and signs that you see I've done. Go ahead. Verily or truly, truly. I say unto you, he yeah. that believeth on me, the works that I do, what? He do also. Does that mean that the Father will be working through them also? Yes. Yes, indeed. That's all it means. That you too can receive the Holy Spirit and become a son of God and do the works of the Father. You too. Go ahead. And greater works than these shall he do. Now, if Jesus is the Heavenly Father himself, can any man do greater than the Heavenly Father, I ask you? Yes no. or no? No. You can't do greater than the Heavenly Father, right? That's well, right. he just said here that the disciples are going to do greater works than him. Well, if he is God, how can you do greater works than God? Impossible. Go ahead. Because I go unto my Father. I'm going to my Father, not him. And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. He didn't say, whatsoever you ask in my name, the Father will do. He said, whatever you ask in my name, I will do. Christians be saying something different. They be saying, if you ask in the name of Jesus, God will bless you. If you ask in the name of Jesus, Jesus will bless you as an angel. As a guide, as a spirit, that's not the Well, go ahead. <laughs> if ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. My name is Dr. Richard Constable. I'm from St. Paul, U.S. Virgin Islands. I've followed the Lamb since 1989. Throughout the years, I've seen people from each religion bear witness to the fact 
there's no one, I mean no one, that's able to make it clear. It gives me great pleasure to introduce God in the flesh, Dr. Malachi Z. York. Down to the year one. 
which they call the birth of Christ, but that's just about the birth of Christ, correct? Mm-hmm. And this is down the year one, and that Christ is born. Then we're now at 1,997, right? Yeah, the 4,000 and 
that if you go back into the 25,000 years, he is only in his harvest. He's only in 6,000 years of it. We were way back here, 49,000. This is when Kevin, or Adam as they call him, was born. You follow that? And then you, and that was during the moon cycle. And then he came into the sun cycle way down here. And now we are going at the end of our sun cycle. And the world is getting ready to go through a catastrophe. I mean, I don't know the word for it. You follow? That's the weather problem. That's the flood all over the world. That's the hurricane. That's the earthquake. That's the diseases. Nature, Mother Nature called Gaia, is getting ready to avenge the planet. So the planet is called the epoch. It happens every 50,000 years. Here we are in 1997, we're doing a calculation of this 6,000 years from Luke. But we have a thousand years after he is gone to get ourselves together. And that thousand years can become one day or one thousand years. In Christship, as Christ, not, not with Mary, with Christ, but as Christ. And that's what they were talking about earlier when they spoke about the 144,000. 144,000, no, there will not be any Caucasians in 144,000. That's not what it says. It says first 144,000 must be raised, and then they'll come back and hit everybody from different nations of God. There will be some in the final because there were cherubim to help us in the garden. Right in Genesis, cherubim protected the garden. Some will make it. If they will submit, they will make it. But they will not be a part of the first 144,000, according to the Revelation, and translated so find it. They will be where it says, all God nations. And think about it, we are also in every nation on the planet. You find us everywhere also, and where we are, we will reach people. That's, that's the promise we're talking about. Fred. Okay, I'm about the and the and the
then it would be 1 of divided 1, and then it becomes 1, 1 of 1, 1 of, this is how you program to do divide your figure. So you got to understand that there is no number 1. There is no such thing as a number 1. Now that's going to sound like a really nuts. Let me say it again. You're at the fifth month. As you get into the sixth month, you're going into the seventh. 
So you at right in the middle when there's going to be a soul alignment of the planet. And the magnetic pull by all these planets being lined up is going to start calamity on Earth. And you're going to never see it. But not so long that you won't have this event. You follow? And he knows what's going to happen. He'd like to get out of here, but he can't. He's flying people to Mars. This morning on sighting, has anybody heard it? They're talking about how they now recognize the Titan of the planet. And they're setting up a thousand names or a million names by satellite and Titan so you can be on Titan. That's, they're telling that to them because they're sending a thousand people. You just are not welcome. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They are trying to get out. It's called three alternatives. The first alternative was to go beneath the ground with underground cities and they bumped into Tills and Dills and Dewani, which they only thought were in their, in their folklore. As Leprechaun and Venetian the elephant face of the study, they saw these people really existed, where these things came from, and couldn't have done. The next was genocide, where they inject syphilis into us, and drugs, and alcoholism, and kill us through cancer, and that failed. We overcame heroin. We overcome marijuana. We overcame cigarettes. I'm like, we're still mass addicted. We can take alcoholism if we give us enough truth. So they have another called Alternative Three, and that's getting out of here. You don't send shuttles back and forth to Mars just to see nothing. Every three months, there's a new shuttle going up. What is a shuttle? A shuttle is a craft or a cab or it's made to show something from one place to another. They are shuttling out the brain team. As I said, when Clinton came into office, he had all young people around him. Now, everybody is old except him. Where are they? They're gone. And the ones with brains they needed, they said committed suicide or they just died and brain tumors, and they're on their way up there. Some of the old ones, they need to train the young kids. They are not playing. They're leaving here. Because they are afraid of that event. <clears throat> An event that the Zoraster, the Hopi, the Zogon, the Bible, and all the people on the planet have recorded that some great catastrophe is coming. For you have to be living in the day and time when it comes. It has happened to us before and we survived. And we will survive this one. You understand? Know but we've got to be in mind as well as body. We've got to stop being men and become God. You got to be aligned with the universe. Back in tune with your ancestors. If not, you're going to die. Like Revelation said, you'll be cast in the lake of fire with the preachers and the false gods and the false Christ. You'll die with him. He called it wormwood. It has nothing to do with, as y'all talking about earlier, Armageddon. Nowhere in the Bible, please go read, does it say there'll be a battle of Armageddon. They say there'll be a meeting at Armageddon, a specific place, and that already took place. That's when they made the peace agreement with the Arabs. It started the war in 1966. That was the battle of Palmageddon taking place right there. When Egypt, which is both y'all homeland, got beat by the German weapon called the Khazars, who are now calling themselves Jews. It's all over. Most of the things you're looking for has already happened. 
You know what I'm saying? They're already in place. They're already taking over Jerusalem, trying to reconstruct Satan's temple for, for Satan to come in, called Solomon's temple, the ritual. They're already doing it. You know what? It has nothing to do with you. If you get back in your right frame of mind, it cannot hurt you. They can't. They did everything they can to wipe us out. They cannot hurt you. You understand that? But if you stay in his frame of mind, you become susceptible to all the tricks. You give him back his music and all that crap and get your life straight and they can't bother you. You understand that? You ain't got nothing to fear but fear itself. I mean, you heard that phrase before. Any else? Yes. Can you tell me what it is in the city, or like when, when we leave from the land and we go back to the city, I get headaches? Sure, I get it. And you can fly on. Sure, I get it. It looks like this. I can keep on going, you think. These are towers. And these things are giving off 800 men. Right? Of microwaves coming out of the horn. And say it away the sound coming out. We turn on the radio now and then it goes into the station. <laughs> then, if you have a handheld phone, you are pulling these 800 megahertz into the car. When you cut on the record player, what they did years ago is they removed the record player and they recorded it in the clock that you had to cut on the way to heat over too. You understand? Remember that? Now it stays on in the house. You always have some type of unit, whether it's on your coaster or your microwave oven, the number for the time signal there is there to pull in these frequencies in your house. These frequencies in your house are giving you headaches inside your face, all around the back of your head, down back behind your ear, and behind your ear. They are damaging nerves in your brain. They call it the nerves are called magnetic particles. They at the base of your brain, if I can draw a brain correct, right? You have nerves, things like this. The ancient Hindus call them the 12 occult nerves, right? The magnetic particles. They are sending, uh, what do you call it, dangerous is the word, dangerous.
when they attempt to reactivate your biotech plan. You will not be able to be back in tune with the others. You're losing it because you're listening to that crazy music. I'm, and then I'm, I'm not just talking about hip hop. They started this in the 70s and the 80s when they brought in the moog. Synthesize this. Not acoustic guitar, electric guitar, electric keyboard. I worked in the studio for years, you don't know that. Worked with some of the top artists out there. And then I watched them do everything electronically. What about the amount of megahertz and how you oscillated to get a certain sound? I'm saying, and frequency throughout the studio. You stay in the studio for, for hours, sometimes working on art, artists, you come out of your headache for like two days. You don't even know why. You think it's because you spent long hours listening to music, and it wasn't. Because that board, that mixing console with that 48 track uh, channel and those tapes, all this woman's full of nothing but frequency, and it's killing you dead. The cell the phone you carry, Put it in your head, you're saying if you're, you're bringing any kind of magnets around the way, all this is dangerous. This bothers you. It doesn't bother him because he does not have magnetic particles. It doesn't bother him at all. That's why he takes guitar and adds an extra number on it, turns it to the spot he can, adds a distortion, and they know they do. You step, step back like this, you take your head and start spinning around like this. And when it comes out of that there, they go and bumping him like this. Boom. And they start jumping and off the stage and hand on each other. Don't tell me you try. You got to look like you try. Don't tell me you try. They're doing it for real. It, it, it takes them to a form of ecstasy. And now it gets a loud, loud noise. And the guy says, I'm going to go on, little. And you can listen to these white groups going, hey. No, or he got a, like Jim says, he got his high, big voice, or sing, he goes real high, or he goes like this. But there are two different worlds, y'all. If he vibrate on the bottom, and they vibrate on high frequencies, like the, like the flute or pan, the devil. This is why they try to remove out of us our baritone and bass voice. They, they don't want us to sing like that. If you check the greatest singers, it's because we can sing this thing like Tyler because she goes high, clean, then you're afraid. But Leah Baker will never get his way to it up. And we know she is. It's a different kind of thing. Back in the 70s, what they have? Blue Magic, Falsetto. Delphonic, Falsetto. Stylistic, Falsetto. Black Ivy, Falsetto. I can keep going. And all of our men singing like women in a high-pitched voice. I was back then in the studio working with them. So they were going to pull me out there. Would you care? <laughs> <laughs> this is all planned. Now, Snoop Dogg and a lot of our good brothers, they're part of the plan. They don't even know. They're helping to get this, this sound, this noise, and this radicalism, and this screaming and stuff in the air. They're helping do it. But so we got to get to them and make them turn that hip-hop into messages. And that's what we're doing. Any else? Yes. Concerning uh, the, the artificial intelligence chip that I'm like saying, not that implant uh, in the hypocampus, are they able to regulate or increase and stimulate the melanin levels in their body with that as well? No. Um, what they're hoping to do with this new uh, chip they have, one thing they can do is they can put a French chip in you and you'd be fluent in French. 
In other words, you'll be as programmable as a computer because most of the hallucinatory area or the imaginary area from the brain is stimulated by the hippocampus and the brain. So, so you can imagine vain things there. You know what I'm But again, they're not prepared for neurons. That's what I'm going to be neurons. But they're not prepared for the damage that could happen by putting a metal-based object inside of uh, an organ as sensitive as the brain. You can develop crime on the brain. They're not prepared. That's why they're not popping them in right now for voluntary things. The pineal gland? Yeah. All right. Um, I can't explain it. That's a doctor sitting there and I'll be medical class. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, when the magnetic particles are nerve connecting to all your glands, look at those things. A gland. I'm going like this when I need you to see. All right? This is the gland. It's just in a socket of tissue, which they call chocolates and all that kind of stuff. And nerve fibers are connecting it Right? That send impulses that activate your heart or whatever. You know what I'm saying? If it engages your heart, any of these arteries are damaged, uh, you can have a heart attack. In the case of the brain, if any of the arteries are damaged, you can have, you can tell them arrows. Alright? Or stroke. So, all these major glands, especially the thyroid glands, definitely work with the pineal gland. Right? And in the, and the nerve problems are beneath you here. They are charge centers. They are sending out these charges. The bottom? Yes. As they damage those, they, they reduce your, your, your sensitivity, your nerves. You're not as sweet as you were when you were home in Africa. You were born, first of all, in the dark. We were not born in the light. There was no sunlight. They would take the baby inside of the cave and he was born there and wasn't brought out into the sun, and to a certain point where you look up and see space in the stars. All that the sound, all our, our sense of hearing has been deadened, our sense of taste has been deadened, our sense of touch has been deadened, and the funny thing about it, as I said before, they're lying even about that, because you don't have five senses, you only have one. You have the sense of touch, because the smell is for particles in the air to touch nerves. The hair is for frequency waves to touch yeah, the feel is the feel. The taste is for matter to touch the and only one sense. They're lying away. And that sense is being dead. You know? So yes, it does affect the penial gland. And a concentration, and a concentration on all in the penial gland affects the thyroid gland, which, is, which affects the hormones, which is how he produced so many transsexuals amongst us.
Can you hear me? Say you. Now say this. Which one has the vibration? And see how it took place from New Orleans. Same sound. Cool. You all. Hear that? Um, here's one. Love. Issue. 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 Yeah, different. As you learn your language, it's going to call for you to use tones that you stop using, and that calls for you to use your brain again. All right. The is going to help you realign your brain. Because it's the word of it, the way the language was given to us, it's like, like the word of. Yes, yeah. of oh, English. Who wants to cheer? Cheer. You see that? Rahu. Rahu. Welcome. This is reading. Rahu. So if I said to you all, I said, Rahu, Eleakum. See that? Greetings to you all. Rahu, Eleakum. Instead of greeting to you all. Rahu, Eleakum. Yeah, we in. It's back to music again. And that's how we spoke. We spoke in tone. Now you have names like Robert, Bob, Dennis, Craig. You follow that? But you don't have Stevie or Lukunde. You don't have those tones. You don't have Rahman. You know what I'm saying? You don't have Isa. They took the tone out. And they took the tone out. They took the rhythm out. They unaligned us. They turned us off our own station. We got to get back on our station so that we can, because we, as people, our brain waves are 800 megahertz. So we can rise above the frequency they're sending in. If we stop getting down under there with it, stop liking what he's putting at you. That's why the commercials are louder than the program. It's programming. What do they call it? A television program. What what is it coming on? What what channel? Channeling. All the terminology is right there in front of you. What they're doing in your mind? I get coming on the terminal channel eight. What? Oh, uh, this program I'm watching. <laughs> 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 if, they, if they don't lie to you, they tell you what they're doing to you right in front of you. That's the path they made in the book of Job. And they will do anything they want to you but kill you. That's anything I'm right for the book of Job. Ain't no such thing as Job. It's Ayuru. Job means job. And that's where they start. By not giving us equal opportunities. And that disrupts everything. If I can't get a good job, I can't pay my bills, it leads me into a life of crime. It leads me into, you know what, they know that. Now, we got to create ways to make sure that we provide for ourselves. Yes. Oh, definitely. A whole lot. Yes, we are. They're flying over, and a lot of them are electric, activated by electrical charges. That's why they go to power plants, mostly, and over military bases, because they're, they're working by electricity, and they interfere with our frequency. Yes, it is. Okay, they, make a, they make us sick sometimes. They, when they fly, you can get nauseous. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I noticed there is something like uh, some unusual like that. 
Okay, the reason why they have these funny, I, I, I wasn't going to say more. The reason why they have these funny to fight uh, because some of these crafts have to avoid frequencies that have been sent to there. They decide to drop. Because these men have what they call wit. Wit, I can do things behind. Yes, he's in the planet, right? He has wit of energy across the planet. He has now put up 24,000 satellites that are above us. Up in the air, and all of them are sending signals in every direction of the world. And you don't believe me, go up on top of the roof on a clear night, and you stand there a lot, and you see no lights going on. So why did they know about what they say? You follow that? While he's testing these crafts in lower heights, he sold the clouds. That's why in the morning time, you see these crafts sold all these clouds up, so he's staying far. I don't know if you noticed that. Who do you play? They got these crafts flying in these smoke trails, and they keep crystal and lifting those clouds in about four or five hours. They're doing that with that activity within our atmosphere, we get up to see. So the clouds are all done. Yes, indeed. They got that whole signal diamond covered in the wavelength of frequency. Again, your, your, your brothers can tear them down easily. The day of the shoot, they destroy that when, when they have one craft, it's like a you will when you see it though. Yes, I see it though. Just a minute. Yes. Say it again. What they're saying is that there's a, at least a thousand comets coming in this direction. And they're trying to use a craft they call the Aurora to shoot these, these uh Meteorites and stuff from hitting us. Any of a number of them hit the planet Earth, they can disrupt the game. Like they, like, like they pretended Pluto got hit two years ago, and they were really exploding a Pluto bomb on Pluto to change the atmosphere. And when they did that, some of the debris shot off, and it's coming in this direction. And they shoot them out the sky. They have to shatter. Yeah, that's exactly that, 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 that. Yeah. Yeah, uh, basically, I want to know if you explain the significance of um, black holes and, and uh, cool.
I didn't prove the existence of the most high. And so he would have been speaking to Abraham before 
Abraham became a Hebrew. The word Hebrew, simply Ibrit, mean or in Arabic, Ebra, means to cross from one place to another, to cross over the Tigris Euphrates. He was going to the furthest point of our land. When I say our land, let me make myself clear. That's a long story for Moses to bring down to Moses. Our land extended from the other side of the Persian Gulf coming westward all the way to California. Yes, all? There was no Red Sea or Red Sea. Right by her, because by her. There was none there. There was no Atlantic Ocean. Continental drift and continent drift resulted in land masses moving. Thus, there was no Africa. There was no separation called South America. All those pieces of land, when pushed back together, will give you one bland spot of water in the center. And that bland spot today is off the coast of what they call Bermuda. You with me? Was all was all part of what later what they ancient called the Yucatan. Beneath the Bermuda is now what they refer to as the Bermuda Triangle. A magnetic field. That was the capital of our kingdom. That was, took place in Sumer and Egypt and this land, the land of the frog, some call it a maxim. From the word Mexico. That's just one of the names. All that was called Genoa. Genoa is what we call it. And we sectioned it off in the park based on the people of Abed. I don't want to go too far from Most High, so I'll come back around that part later. So when Abraham started his journey, he encountered a man who the Bible cannot account for genealogy. A man called Melchizedek. The man is also mentioned in Moses' time. The man is also mentioned in the book of Hebrew in Jesus' time as being after the order of Melchizedek. You follow? This was, of course, an incarnated being. We do believe in reincarnation and incarnation. You follow? Now, Muslims will tell you they don't believe in reincarnation. Christians will tell you they don't believe in reincarnation. Right? But then they'll tell you, Jesus died, went to heaven, and he's coming back. <laughs> Talk to me yet. That's not reincarnation, what is it? Jesus died, went to heaven, and came back. Lazarus died, went into a tomb, was wrapped, buried, spiked. Jesus came three and a half days later and called Lazarus back to life. Back in the same cardinal body. What is that? That's we in cardinal body. Reincarnation. Yeah. Right. Uh, all right, so we have a being, <laughs> who reincarnates from body to body. He comes at a crucial time amongst his own. <clears throat> Raised up for you from amongst you. 
But the key word in that last one was out of the east unto the west. You with me? Now, certain groups of people would like to make you think their leader or their teacher is that man when they were born here in America. Make Whether it be San Georgia or North Carolina or Jamaica, West Indies, I've named three prominent brothers who I love dearly. They were all born here. And I had to. I had to do this book. Postgraduate lesson. I had to do this book. Chef Daoud versus Master W.D. Farr. Because they at one point were saying that this man, Master Farah Muhammad, Farah Muhammad, Fahad Muhammad, Farah Muhammad, Farid Muhammad, or whatever way they want to spell his name, was the most high amongst you, the wisest amongst you. And because they said he came from the east, he started to fit the mold of the prototype that would come to save his people, save those which were lost. But it says in Matthew, you'll come out of the east unto the west, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. He'd be born there and come here. I was born in Nubia. Tried and proven. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that the Muslims call upon, while we were in the school of Islam, and I was dressed as this, if I just die, put me in a position where I was the most hated, dark skinned, olive tongue, Islamic teacher in America. I was the most criticized. I was the most critiqued. They were asking me questions about who makes up my bed? <laughs> who cuts the lettuce in the pot in my house for myself? Where's my mother? Who is my mother? Where is my father? Who is my father? Where were you born? When did you take your shahada? How long have you been a Muslim? Are you Sudanese? Are you American? Are you Dr. Yossi Disco Singer? Are you Imam Asa? Are you Rabboni Yeshua? Do you call yourself Christ? Do you say you are God? Question, they didn't dare ask any of the other leaders. I had never heard nobody yet ask Mr. Louis Farrakhan about his private life. But me, I was put to test, tried and proved. And I had to prove it by producing documents. So the Sunni Muslims went out and said, oh man, we know him. That's Dr. York. His name is uh, Dwight. He was born in Brooklyn somewhere. <laughs> you remember that guy? So I went on back to Sudan. Vanity. And got my birth certificate. Had to go back to the files and hunt it down. Because I was born in 1945 when they did everything by hand. There was no computers. I can't tell you what I had to go through the Hall of Records. But as an enclave, the most recognized clan in Sudan, 
It made it easy. And when Slade Sardique, the prime minister standing beside me, it made it a little easier. What it's going to do. You follow? So I went and got the birth certificate and I printed a book and I said, here's my birth certificate. End of the book. Oh, he made that up. He <laughs> got the seal of Sudan on it. He got the signature of the man who approved it. When I had to get the, you have to get a photo of that copy, not giving you the original, give you with a seal. Oh, he made that up. I know that I know a brother named Lukman, who was in state in 19, what is it? 65 or in 65, when he took his shahada, I was there. I had to go into the files of records and checked out was dead now. I had to get back in touch with Mother Khadija's wife at the Islamic Mission of America, 140 feet in Brooklyn, and get inside the file and pull out my identification card. Can you say that? And it shows June 12, 19... 57, Chef Dawood gave me my card. Most of the guys who were asking me the question were babies at the time, breastfeeding. When I was in State Street, under a Moroccan, born Chef Dawood, as we call it. Born in Morocco. No, they say Chef Dawood was born in the Caribbean. That's why I put these books up. Because he gave me the information. Because I had to establish in this latter day and time who the most high is amongst us. That most high is like the Freemasons, they the highest degree of information. In the Islamic world, they say the Imam is the smartest person in the mob who knows the most Quran, and in their case, the most hadith or sunnah, who's best at fit. Sharia, a bunch of nice, fancy Arabic words. Whoever knows the most becomes the Imam of Imams, which will make him the highest of the Imams. The Grand Master, the Grand Potentate, becomes the highest figure in the large under the G, which stands for the Grand Architect of the Universe. And the Grand Master who stands in the lodge with two seats beside him and sits on that throne becomes a representative to you of God himself in person. That's why they call him what? The Grand Master of the lodge. So the Most High has to verify, to prove that they have what? The most knowledge the most wisdom and the most understanding to give you an overstanding. <laughs> Not just knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. I saw knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. I heard knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. And I listened to knowledge, wisdom, and understanding being taught to my people for years. And I thought it was necessary because it is necessary to go to kindergarten before you go to the university. Right. It was all necessary. But to verify the existence of the Most High to you and to me is a board trip. You want it? It's a board trip. You got the names, Elyun and Adi, right? And Anu. The board trip starts with 
three levels. This is level three, two, and level one. This level here is earth. I'm sorry. This level here is sea. This is earth. And what is this for me? God. You want to say heaven, I know. <laughs> the word heaven is a Latin word, haven. It also implies a docking point in a marina. This is why in Islam, the first thing that was said to Muhammad 400 years ago was, Ya Muhammad, Ikra. Ikra, read. The first thing you find in the book of St. John is in the beginning was the word. And the first thing that happens in Genesis is a conversation. They don't understand the key to unlocking all your problems is in language. But all the leaders won't take time to master the language. Something is key. We're going to check this out. Don't with me? Now, in ancient Egypt, we have Shum, right? We have Geb, and we have Nun. With that, that, that's the deity of the sky, the deity of the earth, and the deity of the underworld, which becomes it when, when the uh, Greeks stole it and changed Klahit, which is Thoth, over to Hermes, they also changed all the names. And they changed this one here to Zeus. This one here, the earth, I'm sorry, the sea to Poseidon. And the earth, which they call the earth, Hades. Hades, which is the word they use for hell. Zeus, the deities in the sky, and Poseidon, the deity beneath the water. You with me? If you want to walk it now, I'll walk you right across the desert. And I want you to try to prove it wrong. Like my right? I can take this out in many cultures and give you many different names, but that would lose you and waste time. What I want to take you to is the reality that every culture and all cultures acknowledge this state here, the most high. The Greeks call it Theos. That's the word in your Bible, in Greek, for God, Theos. And it's running synonymous with Elohim, the way they use it, for their curios also, for Lord. You got that? There's Theos, that's the Greek. The Elohim is the more modern version taken from Nephilim, Hebrew word Nephilim, to come down, Genesis 6. The Nephilim as as we call Nephilim, or the word Jabbar, from Jabalim, from Gebor, from the mighty ones, also Gebor, used in there, where the word algebra comes from, which goes back before the Muslims, because it's in the Torah, in Genesis chapter 6, as Gebor. So, so not, so God did not invent algebra, who was just some Muslim. All that happened before Islam. Most of the time, when Muslims are telling you about the accomplishments of Muslims, they're talking about pre-Islamic times. They say, after the magic was created by Muslims, the cycle was created by Muslims. They're talking about 
so-called outers before the coming of Muhammad. So it had nothing to do with Islam. It had to do with the outers who lived in Arabia before Muhammad was even born. Muslims, since they've been here, hasn't invented nothing but terrorism and confusion. Because the religion of Islam confines the mind to the Quran and Hadith. It doesn't open up for science. I taught Islam for 25 years. And at the kind of laws of Arabia, Fusha, what Zalajah is here That is Lulaki. When Aula, English. That was my name before English. So these teachers don't have a clue of what's really going on. I can start anywhere you want. But everybody recognizes the Netjiru. The Egyptians, the Nephilim, the so-called Hebrews, you follow that, the Pharaohs, the Greeks, the Malaika, the Arabic, who angelic beings, or heavenly hosts. You understand? And those beings descended down to earth. When they got here, they came here in what's referred to as a ru'ah or a ruhr, in a soul or spirit state, an etheric body, the essence of you when you look in a mirror long enough and you realize you're looking from the inside out at your body. If you don't believe me, try it. Stand in the mirror and stand and look at yourself and keep talking to yourself and you'll get a realization that the real you is on the inside looking out. This body is a bacteria that's plaguing the soul, the essence of you. In your Bible it says, man, what? I shake man of just the ground and breathe into the breath of life and man became a the living part of you is called Nabish Hayim or Hayat. The life force language is key. You understand me? So you descended down. But before you came down, the beings from above on high, Anu, in Yumaish, went on high, said, if you stay on earth too long, you're going to lose contact with your divinity. You're going to become lured by the attraction of this physical world. You understand? So two schools of thought exist, the greater and the lesser mysteries. You stay with me? Yeah. Here we go. The greater mysteries teach as Yeshua, Asa, Jesus, Sananda, Kamul, whatever name you want to give them, whatever cult again, that your path is back to the bosom of the Father. He says it. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the light. No one gets to the Father but by me. And he was merely the chauffeur to the father. You follow that? But then he said, I am the father all one. When you see me, you see the father. And I am not greater than you. And you'll even do greater wonders than I. And I got to go prepare a place for you that where I may be, you may. So certain men, all women and all women, are destined for a journey from here back to the bosom of the Most High. 
and certain men and or women are destined to stay here and worship. Some beings are perfecting themselves to become God, and other beings will always worship God. People of the lesser mystery are the religious people. They worship God in spirit and in truth, away from themselves. People of the greater mysteries are like the uncut stone, it's on that side, Ashla, that becomes cut to become a perfect stone. Become a part of the building block of the most high place. You with me? Some of you here are of the lesser mysteries, and some of you here are the higher mysteries. You have people who grab the higher mysteries and play games with. I heard a brother say, and it, it threw me off a little bit. He said, um, Allah means I, so uh, A-L-L-A-H. Now, I heard the uh, five percent use it, and I know that they stole it from the more science temple, whether they won't admit it or not. Sorry to me. But the sad thing of it is, if you want the truth, or you want me to play the game with anybody else? Come on with it. I'm saying that because sometimes when you tell the truth, it's bitter to people. And they get mad at you. They don't really want to hear the whole truth. They want to hear what the man puts in books. They got their real good at referring to white man's books. And quoting his book against anything a newbie has to say. But I'm taking you directly to the language so you can see it, so we can dispel this part of stuff right now. Another R. So the word is T H R R T H. 
not um um. These type of teachings must be stopped, not by force, but by fact. You've got to learn this. So when someone gets up in front of you and pretends to know something, you get that hold of them. That's not right now. That's good information. The kids might like it in kindergarten. You let kids in kindergarten play with toys and that time and change it. Let them build blocks. In a sense, they can build blocks. But it's not that. And they say something like, Sam, I am. I am Sam. You said, okay, you learn English. Now you walk down the street and say, Sam, I am. I am Sam. Nobody would understand what you're talking about. But that kindergarten level, so you let Dr. Zeus, Zeus, is it? Get in there. <laughs> <laughs> It doesn't frighten you. But now we are at the end of time when all the so-called great teachers have taught what they came to teach. They all have so-called finished what they said that everything the nation of Islam is going to teach has been taught. You understand? Everything that the good brother noble drew Ali himself was here to teach has been oh. the same applies to the gods and the earth, father, sinners, and etc. And as I watch with a keen eye at all the teachings out there, I wait to hear that something new or that something special that would let me know that another God had incarnated. I want to hear things that would cue in that he is not or she is not trapped in the mind tetrahedral of persons, places, and things. And he's thinking outside of that realm, which would tell me he's a visitor, not a resident. <laughs> he would do it a little differently. You understand? I'll do it piece by piece. So this has got to go. <laughs> and old information. I spelled Lord and Master. I, Anna, spelled Nest, Lord, Rev, and Wah, Master, Molan. Okay? I, this is an A, it's an Alif, it's not an I, which would come off as an I, as in the name Esau. Where they write I-S-A in their own books. This is a different letter than the Arabic letter Alif. Just like in Hebrew, I write the Alif or I write the I. This is a equivalent to the I, and this is a equivalent to the Alif. Which will which I'll get into L and Al for the most high again if you need it. So again we have Anna I self Nest Lord Reb and that's not Lord in Arabic. Reb comes from the word to sustain. There is no equivalent to L O R D in Arabic. However, in Hebrew, we do have one. Baz. 
bow the Babylonian statue called Lord or Lord. You understand? And then Master Molana. All that means is a teacher. So no, the word Islam does not break down to I felt Lord and Master. And you left the other A out in Arabic because the word is written like this in Arabic. And that's there in the second A, the Ali or Lam Ali. And the word comes from the root word, Salama, peace, not submission. Submission would be a new word created when they added a shadda to double the L, Salam. And if I pray on my brother, I say, Salam, do you surrender in a headlock? Oh, it could be the other way. He could have been here. He could go, in Arabic. Understand? And he would know, I surrender. You only see what I'm telling you saying? These things is what's keeping us back. These things is what's making the people out there not realize who their most high is today. In person. The wisest amongst you is to lead you to the Father. Not the wisest amongst you is the Father. I am not my Father. I am of my Father. I am not Jesus. I am not the Messiah. I am not Esau. Don't let the Suez put that crap out there. They need that. So that's all they know. That's all they know what? That's all they know how to attack is the obvious. When I say I'm Melchizedek or not, I'm Melchizedek, the Muslims don't have a dialogue for that. So they can't address it, so they say, well, we know him as Dr. They can't say, well, what's the way you What's Melchizedek? What's that Arabic? They don't know. Nebi Khidir, El Khidir, the green one. Then some Arabs say, oh, that's what he's talking about. No, he ain't that. <laughs> they said, what did that do? And how do you know that? You know what And yet that is blank. This must go. You with me? This is old information. This information was taught to you about us. You understand? Now, one of us is here to teach you what you're supposed to know about yourself. And I'll tell you how it happens and how it happens. It starts up here in another realm. The Quran calls it Ilyun. Muslims nowhere in any of their tafsir which means explanations of the Quran have been able to explain what that meant. They all evaded. Oh, it's a place where good records are kept. You say a place like in Makan, a place? And then you know, a place, Makan? So where is this place? It's in heaven. They want to go into mythology. And when you try to confine it to the fact of, so are you saying there is an Allah who was here on earth and created beings with the help of his angels, and then as the Quran says, he left the earth and he went into the heaven to sit on an ash, a throne? Can you do that with me? They go, yeah. So there is a throne somewhere in heaven where God sits on it? 
Yes, and God has a button out to sit. Blasphemy, they'll yell. But it's fact. You say God is in heaven? I say God is heaven. Because if God is in heaven, then heaven is bigger than God. You with me? And how could heaven be bigger than God? But they'll say, oh, he's in the He's in, feet inside the heaven. So if Allah is, if Allah is inside the heaven, he's, who's the biggest? Heaven. And Allah is inside the heaven, and the heavens must be bigger than Allah, then Allah is not the Akbar. Allah is Akbar, they say the greatest. But that's not, that's not what the word translates. The word Akbar comes from the word Kabir, meaning big. The biggest. All the oldest. So if Allah is Allahu Akbar, then He is the biggest and oldest. You can leave that off. You follow the saying? And how could He therefore be in the heaven? How could Jesus' Father be in the heaven? Wouldn't He be the heaven? Right. Wouldn't He be the all? Yeah. Wouldn't all things be within Him yeah. and nothing outside? El Kalum. And you too should say, I am in the all. And all is in me, not and the all is in me. But I am a part of the all. The all is a part of me. That's what they're saying. That's taking you to the next level of divinity as a quantum existing being. All right. So now, these beings, according to your Bible, came down, as we spoke about last week, and was hovering above the water. You know what Genesis says? And the Spirit of God moved upon the surface of the water. God was not moving on the land. God was not standing on the land. God was moving on the surface of the water. You see why the Christians got that Jesus walk on water? Because <laughs> they had to try to make him look like God. <clears throat> you understand? They want to put his father out of position and put his son in, like all corporations do. <laughs> it didn't work. Now, but what did it say? Upon the face of the deep. That means the deep is dealing with the Sea. Women? So some beings who were in the sea was looking up at the spirit of God moving across the water while land was still bobo and tobo, as Hebrew puts it. Void and darkness. Void and So the planet was in a dark state because the sun's light could not get through. You follow? And a dust cloud covered the planet. And certain beings called Elohim, which is a plural which is a plural in Hebrew, Alif, Lamech, Hey, Yad, Mim. A plural being, these being, these Elo, but where Muslims get Allah, in plural, Allahat, in the Quran, God, they came. The Bible, they came. And they looked at the condition of this once fertile place. 
That's why they said replenish, refill. They was going to fill it again. It's like when you have a swimming pool in your backyard. You follow? And you dress it and prepare it in the summer, and when the winter comes, you cover it up and all kind of mildew comes. Come to season again, you got to clean it away, pull the cover off, let the sunlight come in, clean out the pool, get all the mildew and the fungus out, put in fresh water and chemicals to make it usable again. God, you do it every time. You replenish that pool. All right. <laughs> Is that not right? The big chain, the Quran calls them the Malachim, which is Allah, or the Nephilim, or the Neptune, or the Shishoki, or the Kachina, whatever language you want to come from, you want to play Native American or do that. <laughs> you follow? Came down and saw the condition of the planet. But a being that was talking was looking from the bottom of the sea. Because he said, in the beginning. Right? Let me stop right there. In the beginning. What does the word start with? Be. We'll give you all a secret that should be kept safe. But I'm going to give it to you. You know what I'm going to give to you? You're supposed to say what? <laughs> Because you've never heard it before. And with all the teachers that have been teaching you for your so-called 400 years of slavery for those who came from Africa and those who were already here, because both of us are sitting here, right? right. All these so-called teachers are supposed to be bringing you information. They don't have certain keys. Keys that tell you they're standing outside of person's places and things. Once I say this, it's going to pop up in books like everything else I say. And nobody's going to give me the credit. They just going to start, you know, overstanding and writing all this. <laughs> the Nubian people, we are Nubian. They never heard of Nubian people. And I'll explain Nubian if you need it. I'm going to give you a secret here. Beginning. With me? The first word, the first word in the Torah is Barashi. Say it. Barashi. The first letter in that word is the Hebrew word Bet. Bet. Equivalent to what you would call in English B. Now let's step out the Torah and step into the Bible of the New Testament. You with me? The first word in the first book of the New Testament, which is called the book of Matthew, is Bibulus in Greek. Say Bibulus. And it means little book. Little book. It's a Greek letter for Greek. You with me? The first word in the Quran is Bismillah. <laughs> and if they say, no, 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 brother, before that, the Tasmiyah, Bismillah, Rahman, Rahim, they say it corrupted, was the fifth revelation of Muhammad. It wasn't the first, but the first was Ikra. I said, right. The first was Ikra. 
someone said to Muhammad, Ikra. And then when he told him what to read, he said, Ikra what? <laughs> so the B is there again. Bismillah. With me? The three letters B that have been passing through the scriptures given to you have been controlled by the Magos. The Magos. The SCMs. Today, you may call them the Masonic Order or the Freemasons. Well, they have been protectors of the scripture under the name Knights of Templar for thousands of years. For those who know, know. And the key number on the back of the dollar bill is what? Say it loud. The key number is 13. Say your alphabet. A, B, C, 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 my son, the protector of Mary and Jesus, the real one. <laughs> this is information that has been kept secret for far too long from you. Now I want the teachers to see this inflammation, inflammation. Now we to inflame the population. That's all. This information. Note it now as the first time you heard it, and note later on, your teachers will be getting up and using it, and never recognize who the most high is, who has the most information in this day and time. Note it. Let me journey. I can't give you all but so much light. There are two Illuminati. There's the Illuminati of the amber light, and there's the Illuminati of the green light. You have been the Illuminati before you initiated them into the order of the Illuminati. You gave them the, the amber light. When? When Michael taught Lucifer. And Lucifer rebelled in the heavens and was cast down here. And was given the right to socialize and walk side by side with the angels. Look, look in the book of Job. When the angels go back to the heaven, Lucifer is with them again. After all he's done, as a Luciferian, he's still an Elohim. He's just a Wah, not a Yah. Wah and Yah is where they get the word Yahoo from. Yah is a cuneiform for good, and Wah is a cuneiform for disagreeable or evil. Yahweh was Tammuz's name as he brought the Indoites and the Inkyites into one family. Or Upper Egypt and Lower Egypt into one family, Amun and the Rock, which goes into another story. Make it fun. So these beings, you, the heavenly one, came down to earth and mixed in with human beings. And some of them married the daughters of men and produced mighty wives, Gebarim, these children, Genesis chapter 6. But 
The claim was that Tammuz, referred to as my spirit in Genesis chapter 6, will not always be with man, for he is also flesh. His day shall be 120. The lifespan of the Elohim is 1,000 years each of your time. But he had to leave at 120. That's Genesis chapter 6. That's not talking about Jesus. My spirit shall not always start with man, for he must flesh. His day shall be 120. Come on with it. That's the Tammuz that's been assigned to you by the Anunnaki. A name they don't want to talk about, Zachariah Sitchin, and these guys are now talking about Anunnaki's in this later day and time. Because they knew the ancient ones were coming forth again. They knew that incarnations were going to start happening again. They knew they had to drug you. They had to suppress you. They had to intoxicate you with alcohol beverages. And when that didn't work, as old days, our fathers and grandfathers stayed drunk off the blue. <laughs> when that was not strong enough to suppress the God in you, you know, they moved on into heroin. Mm. And all throughout the 50s and the 60s, they had us down on heroin. And when heroin couldn't hold us down but we could kick how when they came on with a new method, a methadone, was supposed to kick the hand when they got you addicted to the methadone. And that couldn't hold us down. So they came out with just prepared for angels to sprinkle you. <laughs> <laughs> it was sprinkling angel dust over our neighborhood. Have us hallucinating so they knew the power of the hippocampus area in our brain. And that was a contact with the most high. So they got the hallucinatory part of our brain deadened by drugs. <laughs> and when you couldn't afford angel dust and you couldn't afford cocaine, they lowered the price and said, crack it. Penetrate <laughs> 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 that skull by any means possible. Crack it that open. Eat his brains. And we start burning ourselves out on a pipe of crack. You know what? You're kicking that too. You can't keep a good man down. We have a destiny with our ancestors. Whether you want to call them Egyptians, Moors, whatever you want to call them, we have a date. And when that date comes, nobody can mess with it. Our story, not his story, must be renewed every 25,000 years. His story, that's why they make a mistake and have a crack at it. But they're giving the devil a history. And a history is only 6,000 years old for him. So why would we have to renew our history for 25,000 years? Thousand years, the devil wasn't here fifty thousand years ago. Right. And according to your teachers, he just got here six thousand years ago. You have no problem. How do we have devil in the before the devil? No.
everything is around me. From here to Africa to Asia to Europe, to everything is around me. I'm in the center of everything. Correct? And the same thing applies to you. Correct? So it's that personality that makes this differentiation and causes this conflict. My, my desire to express my individuality. And that's why they say, well, we gave you freedom of choice, freedom of this, self-determination. All those are crap. That's not true. We don't have none of this. We are all a part of all. When we realize we're all a part of all, then we'll start to appreciate what we are and where we are. And the love is so from us. Stop looking for it to come at you. You then let it flow from you. Be lovable, and love will just flow from you. And everything and everybody will feel it. You follow? And don't think you won't come across forces within it. It'll try to destroy, will try to derail you. That's all part of it. That's their job. And they're a part of all also because balancement is necessary. If I said it ain't gonna be there, that's their job. Okay? Now, my question is, you said the 70s were the water, not from the 60s, what were you? Oh! <laughs> <laughs> you know, the 70s were the water, but the 60s were the water, what we did is we basically copped out on everything. We copped out on the country, we copped out on school, we copped out on everything, we submerged ourselves in music, color, and drugs. And from there, we caught, we had what they call a 60 culture. The root of that culture was drugs. We, everybody was high on something. Whether it was marijuana or LSD, and you couldn't bump into the you like, hey. <laughs> that was a basic greeting for, for morning, evening, and night. Hey. And the next thing was, what you got? It wasn't what you got, it's where you're going to get. What you got to get, to get me in the head. Oh, I mean, readings and milk and orange juice was the biggest market because of the munchies in the city. This is a market. I mean, you may look at it as a joke, but it's a reality. That a person just went out and just went to a store and said, give me two potatoes, I'm getting on to you. Give me five of the Give me some of the potatoes, one of them stopped to wear shoes. This was a color. High dye. Everybody was like, jazz, poetry. Burning flags, burning the draft card, just don't want to, don't want to go to war. <laughs> that's what it was about. So I thought that in the 60s, we basically were punk, we copped out. Now, though it was a revolution, it wasn't really a revolution. It was a revolution like just turning the cylinder of a gun to revolve and you went right back around. And here we are again, the exact same state we was. All that marching, all that crap went on in the 60s, we're still here. Still ain't getting along. Still ain't the country, still at war. Diseases are still coming in. We ain't went nowhere. And we're, and we're never going to get anywhere until we stop trying to find solutions and become the solution. Everybody's looking outside for somebody or something to solve the problem. And we are our own personal problems. And we need an internal cleaning as individuals. Go inside and look at me. Stop looking at him and it. And they look at you. You do not, you do not have a drug problem if you don't intend to use drugs. The end of the drug problem is stopping, stop using it. Nobody would care the age that people would stop having what? Right, so they're using them that stop having sex. <laughs> and, that's, and that's where it goes on. When it crosses over into what you don't want to have to stop doing, you open the door for our discussion. Things are not going to change. You have to change them. 
Things are not going to get better. You have to get better. So we're always looking for somebody who else. Well, Jesus is going to come save us. No, you got to save Jesus <laughs> by saving yourself. Make the make a doorway, make a pathway to possible. And if all of us start expressing our emotions, energy, emotions forwardly about how we feel about the good things in life, because we can look around and we can find so much bad stuff. So much death, so much hate, so much bigotry. It's all over the place. But who looks over for the good stuff? That we spoke about last week. When you land on your dying back, a car crash, or whatever the case, you land out in the middle of the street. I don't care if you are black, Muslim, or skinhead. You don't give a goose if you mouth them up with this station, as long as they bring that back. That is the ultimate reality. The fragileness of our philosophy. You know that our doctrines are so fragile when it comes down to personal feelings. And it's all about that. And once I take that personal feeling, start that journey inside, investigate the me, the myself, the I, get that person in part, and let that person start out projecting good feelings towards people. You'll be the one that says good morning, even if people don't answer. And believe you me, they're going to call you crazy. When you tell Robin, I see the one say, good morning, do it that morning. You're on the train, on the model, on the model of the bus, good morning, everybody in the morning, everybody's good morning. They'll start saying you're crazy, but you know, eventually, every day they'll see that. And they'll start saying, that person is crazy. I'm crazy for thinking that crazy. Well, you be the one. When you go to a restaurant and someone walks up to you that sound, they say, can I help you? Say, yes. The first thing I'd like you to do is see a nice smile. I know you're having a hard day. Talk to people. Stop squeezing the drip out. Put yourself in the position. I need to be squeezing all of the clothes for 15 minutes. You know, I'm squeezing the drip. I swear I'm supposed to give you a quarter. I mean, oh, think of this. Think of this. If I was the waiter, how would I feel if that person just said, here, and it made my, made my day? Why not be the person that tries to make people's day? That, you know, go that extra mile for other people. I'm saying it may sound crazy, but try it. You be the one to start saying, good morning, everybody. Good morning on this. I know everybody's tired. Everybody's going to go to work. Everybody's in a bad mood. But hey, we got to go to Marla, too. So good morning. Somebody, and you find out one morning you come on that floor and that's when that people will be there. Before you can get out, somebody will say, good morning. And then that will become the trend. Instead of people staying there with the newspaper here and there. <laughs> and peeking over their eyes, waiting for someone to get up so they can rush for the seat. <laughs> you can break that down. Stop trying to defuse all this evil. Stop trying to defuse all this anger. Stop being the one that tries to take it apart. He called faith because you're in good country. Jesus was crazy. Mahatma Gandhi was crazy. Moses was crazy. Muhammad was crazy. Crazy people do some nice things. You think about it. It's insane people to be messing with up. So get in with Mother Teresa, the people who are crazy. Because I used to say, Mother Teresa is going into a leper colony. That's crazy. If I'm too much, she didn't die leper, she did Now, if I went over there with that attitude, I'd probably contract leper. But she went in there with a, with, a, with a heart of nothing but love. And that love was so powerful that the leopard he couldn't even attack. That means that power of love controls energy. Ele- all this molecules that move elements. Native Americans dance to make it rain. Now that sounds like a myth to me and you. But they've been doing it for thousands of years. 
And they actually, now listen, like I said many times, if it doesn't happen, they believe it does. And that in itself is a gift. I mentioned this, y'all. It is better to be fanatically insane than insane. Remember the movie Independence Day? The luckiest people in the movie were the ones on top of the building who really believed the extraterrestrial was coming to help them. Now, put this up in two places before you get to the place of the good. Up on top of that, with a sign, don't come get up, with this undying belief that these extraterrestrials came to help you. And the guy who was three blocks down, who was standing on the street looking up, who didn't have that belief. When they backed the building, the person three blocks down said, and started to try to run. Right? And buildings and cars were flying out of seats, crushing people. Which of those people did better? The fanatic on the roof did. They went out believing that even when they saw the ball of fire coming down to burn them up, they didn't accept it as a ball of fire. They thought it was redemption. They were holding signs and went, boom! They never even thought what happened. But you, three blocks down, who saw the building blow up and sort of, you know, <laughs> Bricks and stuff flying, you went, oh, and tried to turn the run, and got hit, and you, you contemplated the impact. You felt the thrust, you felt the pain, because you were trying to get away. But the other person like, boom. So why do I want to interfere with our insanity at this point? Suppose our insanity is necessary for us to get through, and you've got to so organized that you're going to really feel the pain. You know what I'm saying? Think about that. If you were in a insane asylum, right? And you thought you were Cleopatra. And you're walking around in this white outfit with the back out. Got a little tag on your arm. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. You wore those Got a little hat on. And you walk around with the broom. And you walk around in the day room. And in your mind, you see your, that, that hat as a beautiful crown, and that broom as a beautiful staff, and that, that cotton robe as a beautiful garden, filled with Egyptian hieroglyphs, and everybody that walks through the day when they're just standing like this. Wow. And as the attendants walk through, you're like, those are my children. He's right there. And the attendants walk by and say, Hey. And they go about their business. They don't have to tell you that. I mean, what's the sense of walking? We have to walk over time. Every time you do something crazy, they say, you know you're crazy. Eventually, they get used to your understanding. They don't bother them. You do something like, come here. They come over. They, they don't bother going, listen, let me talk to them. They say, woman's crazy. You know, the they don't come over here. Come here to my, my slave. And the, the tenant of those says, yes, oh, great master. Oh, clear master. What can I do for you today? You know, he's hearing this. When she looks out in the day room, she's seeing permanent and think and think you seeing You know what I mean? She's really gone. Now, what is better? Can you live in that illusion that you are planned and you call it grander, transport your soul to that state or that's the state of mind you were in? Or go out as you are, running around the hospital trying to get out? Why do people want to interfere with your fantasy? Why they want to get inside and say, oh, those are some people, UFOs won't be. Why? Maybe some, maybe some of us need that now. Maybe we're fed up with everything else. <laughs> the buttons are begging for leadership. The world is going, maybe, just maybe people are fed up 
and they're looking for something else just to get us to the next change. Because there's definitely something going to happen because it's about that time. And we might be going anywhere at this point. More people are walking around looting back all over the land. You're seeing us everywhere. They have just went back to the city. They're walking out, they're talking to themselves, they're saying, no, I don't say that to me no more. There's nobody standing there. I told you about that. <laughs> you never do that again. And you walk by and say, this person is crazy. This person here is doing better than you are. This person is insane. You're out saying. The big Thank <laughs> you. 
told the man, and he began to like it. He began to accept it. We can became natural, or he became immune to our masculine aggression. And the only thing that shocks them is when they come home and you're not there. You don't see that. Men go totally loopy. They get home and you're not there. They don't know. Uh-oh. Did you leave? When you come home, you just, you see that. No, 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 nothing. Run right to God. Go to him. Then when you come in, men sit down, turn the television on, open the newspaper, have both things going down the table, you know. And the television on, watching them, what is it? Make a... When you come in the door like this, I know, huh? So where were you? <laughs> and then, just out. Stop it. I just was out. I went. I just went out, and I was like, where were you? And all the men, and all the men, it's like, you know, I'm asking you, you know I'm sitting here, we trying to find out, you know I'm insecure.
comfort a party and don't come to Jerry Springer, he had almost a thousand people out there for Jerry Springer. And then Thursday is left. So Friday is left than Thursday. So I'm saying it's starting to To become one of the building blocks for a better life. Taking the good things to yourself and just making yourself better. This is the purpose of the ancient Egyptian order. To change the soul, the mind, and the spirit of all human beings. To show aside faith, belief, fiction, and myth. And replace it with reality. What is real? You exist. What's the first reality? If you exist, those from which you came also exist. And this name is your soul's name. That's the source of all. This tape is called Visualization. Because you learn to sit back and turn inner vision into outer reality. You learn. universe, 
All gratitude is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the generous eternal friend, and send salutations of Allah on all of his prophets and his apostles, and on the Messiah, the anointed one, and on the Mahdi, the guide, and on the Mujaddid, the reformer, which was all sent from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We send greetings and we send peace throughout the boundless universe to all. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. You're now listening to The True Light with Asaid Al Imam Isa Al Hadi Al Mahdi. The word Bada in Hebrew, like Ibna or Bada, means son of. Bada Israel means the children of Israel. When you get into that subject, you get very touched. What I mean by that? You are Israelite insofar as you are Abraham's seed, and Abraham's son, Abraham had a son named Ismael from Hagar, and he had a son named Ishak, or Isaac, and Isaac had two sons, Jacob and Esau. And from Jacob, who had his name changed to Israel, to ascend to El, or to wrestle with, or to verse, to try to take to heaven, his name was changed to Israel, he got from Jacob, whose name became Israel, twelve sons and one daughter. The fourth son, Judah, and the second son, Levi, were the most powerful. Then, from that, we got the last son, after Benjamin, we get, which is right hand, we get Yusuf, called Joseph. Joseph was taken into captivity in Egypt, married, had two kids called Ephraim and Manasseh. They became classified as part of the family, and Levi became known as Levi, the high priest, and Judah left and went to the south. The migration of Judah to the south is why they have such a conflict in Ethiopia today, but they can't get organized who are the Colossians and who are the black Jews. Well, let's take that out right now. <laughs> so they don't know what to talk about. When they speak of Suleiman having a wife who came from Yemen up to him and got impregnated and went back down and gave birth to a son named Memlech, that is one descendancy that got into Ethiopia. But they also speak about a remnant of the house of Judah that, that migrated uh, to the south and went into Ethiopia. The ones who went into Ethiopia of the Judah are called Colossians, migrants. The ones who came down by way of the Sheba to a son Nimelech are called Habashians, Ethiopians, and they're called black Jews. They left before the Mishnah and the Talmud, so they don't have all these hadiths that the modern day so-called Jew live by. They live by the basic but the ancient ones, called Palatians, lived up in the mountains. And they came from the original tribe of Judah, who also had portions of the tribe of Dan with them. So these people are going into Ethiopia, and they're taking Coptic Christians who put yarmulkes on, and taking them into Israel, and saying these are black Jews when they're not. Okay, to answer your question. The name ben Israel means the children of Israel. The only remaining seed of Israel is Judah. The rest of them have perished. And Jesus himself said that he only came for the Lord's seed of the house of Israel, Judah only. Because in his time, that's all you could find. You could find male servants and women servants who were people who were converted to Judaism, as it was called, 
as it's called today, and calling themselves Jews, just like in Muhammad time, you'll find many people who said they were Jews in Medina, but they were not of the house of Israel, the original house. The original house of Israel blew their covenant and perished. The book of Kings will, will explain that to you. Okay? So the Ben Israel, you find black people in the Western world today saying they're Ben Israel. You can say anything you want. You are Abraham's descendant. If you've been baptized in another religion, and even though you may understand there are things that you don't know, and when you find out that, yes, you know, I know differently now, how does that hold? Let me, let me yeah. that. That's the answer. That's the answer way. That a lot of people pledge allegiance to Jesus, the Messiah. And Jesus himself is pledging allegiance to his heavenly Father. A lot of people are baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and not in the name of the Father that sent him. He said, Our Father who art in heaven holy is thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. The Lord is my shepherd. This is from the same statement of him being sheep for the land. So the point is a lot of people are baptized in the name of Jesus Christ when they should have been baptized in the name of the Father that sent Jesus Christ. So if a person is baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, they still have to be born again. He himself classified himself as a man. It was the mortals that wanted to make him a deity. Or make him a deity. But he was a deity. He was not the deity. The big difference. You follow what I'm saying? So if a person is baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, when they get ready to become what Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers, and no Christians are called the peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. When they finally make that baptism, then they're truly born again. You follow that? When they, when they undergo the persecution that Jesus said they would, blessed he was persecuted after righteous name's sake. I don't know any Christian who gets persecuted for becoming Christians. But the moment you tell your mother you're a Muslim, you got to be brainwashed. And these people are crazy. Then the persecution starts. Muslims all over the world are being persecuted. It's not so much of whether you're Christian or you're Jew, but the moment you say Muslim, then the persecution comes in. And the Messiah that the Christians are claiming is theirs, which is Jesus who was not a Christian, right? He himself said, blessed is he who was persecuted after righteous name's sake. For his is the kingdom of heaven. It says, great is his reward in the kingdom of heaven because they persecuted the prophet which was before you. Now, Jesus made this statement. And Jesus was a prophet. And he was speaking in a future tense. And who was Jesus talking about? Name another prophet that came after Jesus in Israel. There is none. The only other prophet who came that believed in what they refer to as monotheism, which is not the right meaning, but one deity, was the prophet Muhammad. He was the only other man that came that believed in all the books of Moses and all the teachings of Abraham. So when Jesus was saying that, he was saying to Muhammad, blessed are the peacemakers. Muhammad just happened to be the man that comes along and picks up the title Muslim, which means peacemaker. Calls his way of life al-Islam, which means peace. Coincidentally, that when Jesus, who was the last prophet of Israel, because he said right in the Bible, I came to my own and they received me not. But as many as do, I give the power to become as sons of God. So he had finished his mission for the children of Israel because he was the last hope for the children of Israel. And they rejected him. Then he spoke right in St. John's, but after me I will send another comforter, which confirmed what was mentioned in Deuteronomy 18, when Moses was told that another prophet would come after him. 
like him. Also confirmed in St. John, when they asked John the Baptist, was he the prophet? They separated Messiah, so they asked him, are you the Messiah? Which we later learned was Jesus Christ. But the word Christ, they translated to the Latin, comes from the word Messiah. So therefore, when they asked John the Baptist, was he that Messiah? We understood that that was Jesus. Then they said, and are you the prophet? Which they put in another kind of, this is another person. Another prophet that was destined to come. Who was this prophet if Jesus was standing there talking, and he was talking in a future tense, who was this prophet that was to come after Jesus in the future tense? And let me give you some of the clues to the attributes that he used. Jesus referred to this person as a comforter, which just so happens to translate through the Greek to the Latin to Ahmed. Ahmed is another way of saying Muhammad. Same word. Now, just coincidentally, that's there. Then coincidentally, Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers. And this man, Muhammad, comes and calls his followers Muslims. From the word salam, which Jesus said, when he walked into the upper room, and he said, salam alaikum, to his disciples, peace be unto you. So he understood the word salam in his mind. He didn't say shalom, he said salam alaikum, right in the Bible. He understood the name, and he understood the meaning of the word peace. Yet he said, blessed are the peacemakers. And this is future tense. Jesus is talking. What man came after Jesus said, A, was a prophet. Like Moses, which means he was a lawgiver. Because it says right in the book of St. John again, the law came by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. So they acknowledged, Jesus acknowledged Moses as a lawgiver. And a law that he himself said that he did not come to change, but to confirm. So he was not trying to mess up the law of Moses. He was still living according to the Israelite law. You follow that? And now who is this man, like Moses, who came with a, a text, a scripture, a lawgiver, who also referred to his followers as peacemakers, who were persecuted all over the world because of their religion, and who had a prophet who came after Jesus? Muhammad. Only one man who came along, whose name was Ahmed, comforter, right? Who called his followers peacemakers, Muslims, who brought forth a law, Al-Qur'an, and was, and was referred to in the Qur'an as the seal of the prophet. Who glorified Jesus' name because he kept referring to Jesus Christ in the Qur'an as the Messiah. The Qur'an has Isa al-Masiyah in it. The Qur'an says Isa al maryam Just by virtue of him calling Jesus the Messiah and Messiah, in the Arabic word, Messiah means to wipe something clean. From the Hebrew word, Messiah or Messiah, meaning to anoint. From the Latin, which they get to the Greek, Christ, Christos, to be sacred, to be holy, to be pure. So Muhammad, in the Quran, was constantly glorifying Jesus' name just by virtue of saying Jesus the Messiah. But Jesus said in the books of St. John, when the Comforter comes, he shall glorify my holy name. And his holy name was Isa el-Messiah. Because he became holy after he was anointed by John the Baptist. When he got his messiahship. You see that? <laughs> Who else would Jesus have been talking about? The Christ was telling them to expect somebody else. And he wasn't talking about the angel because he said he'd be full of the angels. He'd be full of the Holy Ghost. Right? Because Jesus, when he got baptized in John, they said the angel came down in the dark and lighted upon him and dwelled there. 
He stayed there. Who was this angel? What angel came to Mary in the form of a man? Right. And said, Hail Mary, thou have been chosen above the women in the world. And what did Mary say? She said, Glory be to you. No man has touched me. How can I have a child? And they said, The Lord Mary declares a thing, and it is. Kun fire kun. It exists, and it exists. And she was covered of the Holy Ghost and did conceive. And they said, this thing which is in your womb is a holy thing of the Holy Ghost. Therefore, he will be called the Son of God. <laughs> they tell you right in the Bible why. Why Jesus was called the Son of God? Because Jesus was full of the Holy Ghost from God, the Word of God. I'm using God for y'all. I'd rather use Allah. And I'd use Allah not because I like it so much, but because Jesus also used it. Because if you believe Jesus is the one that says, Eli, Eli, Lama, Sabbathini, my God, my God, why have thou forsaken me? I'd like to equate Eli. And does he tell me, does Eli sound closer to Allah or does it sound closer to God? <laughs> so in your Bible, Jesus uses Eli. He's using the word Allah when he says, my God, my God, why have thou forsaken me? If you believe that was Jesus on the cross, then you're going to have to come to the grip that he didn't use God either. Because Eli is done with a Hebrew word for Elo, from which they get Elohim. Elohim is a plural like Alahoma. So Jesus didn't use the word God, nor did he use the word Jehovah. The word Jehovah was not put together until the 14th century. Jesus would have never even understood what they were talking about if they called themselves Jehovah's Witness. However, John did come to bear witness to the light. So the word witness is true. The word Jehovah is a mistranslation of the word Yahuwah. To be clear, that's true. But when you make it a religion, that's when you make the mistake. <laughs> because that's not what Jesus meant. Jesus told you what the children of God in the last day will be called, right in the Bible in Matthew. He said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. The 144,000. He told them that you'll see them, the 144,000 will be gowned in white. Right? The cardinals wear red, and the fathers wear black. <laughs> Are they ignoring what Jesus is saying? They went totally opposite. I mean, I'm quite sure they read the book of Revelations like all of us have. Don't they see that Jesus' followers are supposed to wear white? What are they, maliciously ignoring it? They think one little knot of white in their throat, <laughs> one little splash of white of hair is sufficient when Jesus said downed in white remnant. Don't tell me that that is symbolic of a state of mind because it said downed. Your mind does not get downed. <laughs> they playing with your mind. And when they play with your mind, they're playing with your soul. And when they play with your soul, they're interfering with the path to paradise. To the God, that's just dangerous. Be explicit when you talk. Jesus said, when you see that spirit, test that spirit. Y'all go to church and you don't question. Question reverence. See if he knows what he's talking about. Because he is driving your spirit. He's sharing your spirit. And says every imam and every teacher that stands up to teach you. Question them the way you come in and ask questions. Anybody won't get up like this and walk back and forth and talk to you and say, now ask me a question, they're afraid of something. They don't believe what they're teaching yet. Or they're not studying what they're teaching. You understand what I'm saying? Because if you believe in what you're teaching and you've studied it, 
then you should be able to get up here and be questioned about it. And defend it according to what you teach from, which is the scripture. And if you read any of those law pamphlets, one thing you will see, it is saturated with scripture. Every other verse. You can read books from Pakistan, and you can read books from all over the world from Muslims, and they'll do a whole lot of running off of a hadith, and won't put that Quran in there. One or two chapters from the Quran. If you ain't in the Quran, the Torah, and the Injil, and you're not in the north of Allah. You're not in the light. The light is intellect. And you've got to be able to be challenged. You cannot be mad at people because they want the right to question you about what you're saying to them. And it tells you right in the, in the book of Revelation, because the iniquities of men are so great, the hearts of many are wax cold. You know what that means? We don't know what to believe in no more. Everything sounds right. You get confused. But you have one gift. That gift is intellect. And with that intellect, you have the option to question until you're satisfied. And if you go to any religious meeting, any organization, and they don't allow you to question, you might as well get up and leave before they program you. Because you can be programmed by people who talk fast. And not just people who are in my church or in my congregation. When is the public going to just be able to sit down and ask questions? Nobody can't get that close. And if you can't get that close, then you can't touch the spirit. You can't touch the spirit, you're in the wrong room. Because your soul is what you're dealing with. Not my soul, not his soul, not his soul. You're dealing with your soul. And your soul must be satisfied. Nobody else's. And your brother can tell you anything he wants about what we're teaching him. <laughs> he can drill you as much as he feels like about these teachings. But it won't, be, it won't be enough until you are satisfied in here. And when that finally, when that door flings open, that truth, you say, now I know where I belong. Or I don't know. Now I'm answer the crazy. I don't want to be there. That is your what? It's your decision, and nobody can take that away from you. And many people are going to tell you, don't go over there to those answers, they're crazy. Right? Them brothers are nuts. Listen to them brothers over there. They do this, they they work the Bible, they do this, all kind of crazy stuff. But you're still sitting here. Why? Because the divinity in you, the divine in you says, I want to hear for myself. I have that right. It is the following verse, Jeremiah chapter 30. Verse 6, Daniel chapter 9, verse 29, and Isaiah chapter 66, verse 7 refers to Revelation chapter 12, verse 2. How does the former and latter relate to the times we live in? Does it refer to Revelation chapter 12, verse 2? No. The quote is talking about the birth of the new Zion. Zion is being used as a symbol of the woman. If you read it, you see that. It's talking about the children of Israel. Jeremiah is talking about when King David comes to the throne. As if you read down a little further in that quote, you would have seen that. None of these quotes relate to Revelation. What people tend to do is they tend to take quotes out of the Old Testament and try to apply them to the New Testament by accident, not understanding that the people who wrote the New Testament were writing it from the Old Testament, so they tried to make it sound like it came from there. But most of the things in the history of the Old Testament apply to the rise and fall of different kings in the house of Israel. Like Jeremiah, which we were speaking about, has to do with the coming of David the king, the throne. It says right in it, it'll be when David ruled the throne. All right? When you go down from 6, 7, 8, 9 of 30, you'll come up with 9. But they shall serve the Lord, their creator, and David, their king, whom I will raise future tense up unto them. So this is way before Revelation was even revealed, because they put this in the future tense 
David their king, whom I shall, you see the word shall? Shall raise up unto them. Which means that this was prior to David's time, because it was Jacob who they were speaking to, and was speaking about when, who Jacob, whose name was changed to Israel, and when David would be raised up. That's what they were speaking about in Jeremiah, the 30th chapter. And in Isaiah chapter 66-7, they are talking about the, the birth of Israel itself. They, they say, before she travailed, she brought forth, before her pain came, and she delivered a man-child. This man-child they're speaking about is Jacob, whose name is Israel, because the nation of Israel came out of her, came out of Jacob. And we'll go on to explain that. Someone read, number eight. Who have heard such a thing? Who have seen such things? Shall the earth be made to bring forth in one day? Or shall a nation be born at once? See, it's speaking of a nation. All these are questions about what they were talking about. Or shall a nation be born at once? Well, as soon as Zion, which is the, the word Jerusalem in the Greek, Zion is Jerusalem, prevailed, she brought forth her children. Now that's plural. Her became plural. You see? Her, the single word for her children, speaking of Jerusalem, out of Jacob, who was that male child they spoke of, who had his name changed from Jacob to Israel and became the father of the 12 tribes of Israel of which Zion was built and the reestablishment of the temple. We have to be real careful when we read the Torah because so few people understand the scriptures that they like to make things from the New Testament fit in the Torah the same way a lot of Muslims try to make things in the Hadith match the Quran when they don't. These are writings of men, and they sometimes become confused. The stories of the Torah are usually self-explanatory, and the, the things of the New Testament, Revelations and the books written by Paul, and etc., were things written after the Torah. So these men, it was very easy for them to try to make things sound like it was the Torah, because they had already had the Torah in their hands. You see, if they never had the Torah, it would be very difficult to make the manual of the New Testament look like he's the manual of the Old Testament. Then they would have to have divine inspiration. But nowhere in Christianity is divine inspiration necessary. Why? Because they used all their prophecies on the Old Testament, which was already divinely inspired to Moses and the various prophets before him. You understand what I mean? All they had to do is look back in there and then write their books and make it look like it. That's a very interesting thing that Christians don't seem to realize, that 90% of the things they preach and prophesy are things that were previously written. Nothing in the New Testament can make anything look like it's divine, because there's nothing said in there that's new. Everything in there is coming from explanation of the Torah, which Isa ibn Maryam, alayhi salatu wasalam, which is Jesus, the son of Mary, said that he did not come with any law, but the law came from Moses, but grace and truth came through him. Telling them that the law of the, of the five books of Moses were the law he followed by, not the new laws formed by them. So Paul and people who were trying to pervert the teachings to teach the Gentiles, though they were told not to teach the Gentiles by Jesus, they wanted to teach the Gentiles anyway because they couldn't convert the Yahudi who spoke Hebrew. They couldn't reach them because they couldn't explain the doctrine in detail. So what they had to do is form their own doctrine to teach the Gentiles, which is the teachings that are spreading throughout the Western world and most of the, of the world today called Christianity, the teachings of Paul, the self-acclaimed apostle, which is just like in Islam today. You find many people, Muslims going from country to country, calling themselves sheikh and imam and picking up certain titles, Pakistanis, Afghanistanis, Maghribians, Sudanese, and these people are not teaching the Quran, they're teaching Hadith, they're teaching Sirah, they're teaching the history of Islam, but they cannot teach out of the Quran itself, because they don't understand it. So what they did is that scholars write a bunch of collections of books called 
هدف توحديه في الجيشز انتايلز اباوت وات رسول الله محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ديت او سيت وات كانت بي تشيك تو كونفيرم باي ذا قران ان موست كيسز اند هي ستارت ليفنج باي ذوز اند نوت ليفنج باي ذا قران وين يو كونفرنت ذيم وذ ذا قران اند سي ذلك الكتاب لا ريب فيه ذيس از ذا سكريبشن اوف الله اند نو داوت ان ات ذي ميدلي سي ولا حديث بيزي ولا القران سيز نو ديريس سي ولا حديث اند هي ستارت كوتينج مين like Bukhari and Shafi and Muslim and Abu Huraira as opposed to quoting men like Ibrahim, Musa, Isa, Yunus, Yaqub, which are the men of the Torah who are mentioned in this Quran. I'm saying that to say Muslims are just as in such a state of darkness as the Christians were in so far as they do more quoting of Hadith than they do the very words of Allah. The way the Christians do more quoting of Paul and people like that than they do Jesus. Because 90% of the things that you ask the Christians Did Jesus say it? They have no answer. Show me where Jesus said this. Show me. It's always Paul said it, or Peter said it, or Matthew said it. But where did Jesus say it? You follow? So I'm trying to make that to show you this. how you pull out three good quotes and say it doesn't apply to Revelation. It's very difficult to match the Old Testament and the New because the people who wrote the New Testament already had the Old Testament in their hands. So they could make it sound like it fitted. They could make anything sound like anything they want because they already had the book. Like they have one book. And I can I can write a book now and make it sound like you're the prophecy if I use the Torah to make you sound like you're the New Testament. But would it match up? Is the thing. What it is is men have got away from the truth of these ways of life. You follow? Which would be the religion of Abraham and have formed the religion of Jesus, the religion of Jacob, and the religion of Muhammad. You see, Alayhi Salatu Wasalam. And that's where the problem comes in. Very difficult to master scripture. It takes a lot of skill. It doesn't happen by luck. We will return with the true light after this brief intermission. Now is the time to ask questions of your leaders, teachers, and preachers. Where did all the races of people come from? Why did John have to baptize Jesus at the Jordan? And why do the four Gospels contradict each other? The answer to these questions can be with only one man. As Sa'id al-Imam Isa al-Hadiyah Mahdi, the man who has written over 150 books on such topics as "Is there life on other planets?" How were the pyramids built? What race was Adam and Eve? And was the Holy Quran made up by Muhammad, or was it a divine scripture sent from the Most High? And what is the difference between the spirit and the soul? The answer to these questions can be found in the most dynamic books in history, authored by As Sa'id al-Imam Isa al-Hadiyah Mahdi. These books can be purchased at the Original Tempted at 719 Bushwick Avenue, Brooklyn, New York, 11221. Would you like to see the man behind the voice you hear teaching the total truth? He is there at the Hall of Knowledge located at 548 Hart Street, Brooklyn, New York. Every Saturday and Sunday at 1 p.m., the Nubian Islamic Hebrews would like to invite you to question and answer classes with Sayyid al-Imam Isa al-Hadi al-Mahdi. Come listen and learn. Hear the words of truth for yourself. Hear the answers to long-awaited questions. Also for your spiritual growth, an intricate design woven prayer rug designed by the hand of Sayyid al-Imam Isa al-Hadi al-Mahdi. Also available are prayer beads, incense, and oil. If you would like any further information on these items, contact the original tents of Kedar, 719 Bushwick Avenue, Brooklyn, New York, 11221. And be sure to ask for a listing of the most dynamic books in history, authored by Sayyid al-Imam Isa al-Hadi al-Mahdi. Now let us continue with the true light. Remember, you are the light, and you have the power over all things. Thank <laughs> you. 
first Allah taught me many years in Quran how to live and how to raise my children. But the Hadith taught me things that it made me the woman that I am today. Allah sent the angel Gabriel with the word to the Prophet Muhammad wasalam, that on the last days there would be more Muslims in clothes and in names than by faith and that the believers would be all alone in the world. And I'd be a witness to that. And um, sometimes, you know, it's better to be alone and just wait for Allah to come for you. But you have to understand that when you, I understand what you're saying. When you read the Quran and you read sections that say, and hold on to Allah as a jama'ah, as a community. You said all the right things. You want to set your life patterns after Prophet Muhammad, right? Yes. But the Prophet Muhammad left Mecca because they couldn't practice and went to Medina and set up a what? A community called an Ummah. Yes. And he lived in this community and he said laws around a community of Bayt Amal, everything, the Madrasa, you know, the Khalwa of Quranic classes. This was community living. He, Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, enjoined that. Now the point about Hadith, is that I understand fully that you can get guidance from Hadith on how to do certain things. That's not the point. The point I'm trying to make is you can do that with the Jehovah Witness book or a Seven-Day Adventist book too. And to them it looks right. I'm saying to be safe for your children on Yom Ahri is to realize that the Hadith are from men, not from Allah. We do not say don't read Hadith. I'm sorry to read Hadith. We say don't read any that does not match the Quran. That is our point. There are hadiths that comply directly with the Quran. We have no right with that. It's only when you come with certain hadiths. For instance, it says in hadith that when Aisha was going to Rasulullah, one of the wives of Rasulullah, used to have her menstruation, he used to lay his head on her lap and she would braid his hair. Uh, this is supposed to be Bukhari hadith. We know that the Quran said when a woman's in a menstruation, a man is not supposed to touch her. So somewhere along the line, somebody's misleading us and it's too dangerous for us to try to sit here and differentiate which hadith is right and which is wrong when we have the Qur'an. And we could just try to live the sunnah. Instead of reading books of men, you made a very good point. The devil is very deceptive. What, that could be Bukhari and Shafi and Maliki and Humbali and Muslim. Muslim. All those guys are right to hadith because nowhere in the Qur'an does it tell me and you to expect a hadith to come. And see, there's another thing Muslims do. Muslims throughout the Arab world take the, the New Testament of the Bible of St. John and say that the comforter is Muhammad. But when it comes to the far away, he shall not speak of himself. Only that which he hears shall he speak. Then all of a sudden, they become numb on me. Because if Muhammad was not to speak of himself, then there'd be no sayings of Muhammad. Everything he spoke would be from Allah Ta'ala by way of the angel Jibrael. And when Jibrael came to Muhammad وسلم, in the cave, just what did Jibrael say to him? That's all he said to him. He said, Muhammad, Iqra. Which means what? It means read. It doesn't mean recite. doesn't mean to talk. doesn't mean at the kalim, at the hadith, to conversate. It means read something. Something previously written, he held in front of Muhammad. And said, Muhammad, ya Muhammad, Iqra. And he said, ya Jibrael, ma'anabikarian. I am not a guardian. I am not a reader. Because at the time, the most prominent thing men did was read poetry. He said, Ya Jibrael, but I am not one who utilizes the ability to read. He says, Aidan, again, Muhammad, Ya Muhammad, Iqra. 
And he said, Yeah, Jibrael, Ma'amadikarian. He kept repeating it over and over again. Why did he keep repeating it? Because he was trying to get Rasulullah to recite a specific section in the Quran. Right? We Muslims know the secret of that section. What was he telling him? Muhammad recite something in the name of someone. Who was it that he was speaking of? That's right. He was telling Muhammad to recite in the name of Allah. What is he telling him? He's saying, read Muhammad using the name of the sustainer, which is Allah, who created everything. He created man from a gushing forth fluid, which is semen. Read and your sustainer. Establish that your sustainer is karama, is generous, honorable. He taught people by way of the quilt, the pen. And he taught human beings what he did not know. You see that? Then he goes on to make a very important statement. What does it mean? But understand this, that man is an inordinate creature, a disobedient creature. You understand? He's telling us who we should rely on and who we should not rely on. And when he was giving this Quran to Muhammad, he was telling him to rely on Allah and the Quran, not men. Not men, and Bukhari, and Shafi, and Hamid, and them are men. I don't care whether we call them the companions or not, they were men. They were not divine. We sent down the angels in that feet, and the spirit was with them in the Laylatul Qadri, in the night of power. The point is, I understand it's easier to have men explain to you how to live, but that is what's wrong. The way to live Islam is not meant to be easy. Because we're trying to earn our way back to something that we were offered by Allah as a gift, hadiyah, and we turned down. We started out in the garden, remember. We was in the same garden, Jannah. And Allah gave said, eat of everything. I've given you all of these things. But in the midst, in the center of the garden, I have to put this tree for will, for man's willpower. Don't touch it. And what do we do? We went right to it and ate of it. And he said, now that you've done that, you're going to die. You're going to know good from evil. You split the atom, Adam. So get down from this gender to earth. We've done this to ourselves. Earn your way back to paradise. Earn your way back to the likeness of Allah. And that's what we've been doing. But what we, men come along in many disguises to deceive us. And this cook, but I always ask Muslims every time I meet, whether I'm in Egypt or in Saudi, I say, show me anywhere in this Quran 
where it says we should follow somebody's hadith. Please show me. And they can't. And I said, and why should I do it? Because you say so? Because it was collected after Muhammad. Now, not while he was there. Show me, please, somebody, so I would know. I do see in this Quran multiple places where it refers me back to the Torah, where it refers me back to the Injil. I see names in here. I see Jacob. I see Isaac. I see Moses. I see Jesus. I see Jonah. I see Lot. I see Zechariah. I see Elijah. I see Elias. I see Yassin. I see Luqman. I see, I see all of these names of men who I find in the Torah. But I don't see Bukhari. I don't see Shafi. I don't see Hanbali. I don't see Maliki. I don't see Muslim. I don't see none of these men in the Quran mentioned. I read the Quran backwards and forwards many times in many parts of the world. And I asked men who were scholars when I was in the university in, in Khartoum, I asked them. When I was in the university in Umdurman, I asked them. When I was in the university in Cairo, I asked them. When I was in Syria, I asked them. When I was in Saudi, I asked them in Medina. And none of them could show me. I said, okay, then please show me somewhere in this Quran where it tells me not to read the Torah in the Injil. Please show me. And they couldn't do it. I said, show me anywhere in this Quran where it says the Torah and the Injil is tampered with. And they couldn't do it. So it doesn't say exactly. I said, but this Quran is an exact text. It doesn't make mistakes. And I'm not going to mislead my children. I know the Quran came from Allah. I know the Torah came from Allah. I know the Injil came from Allah. I know the Zubar Psalms came from Allah. But I don't know about these hadith. And until someone can show me them in there, I'm going to raise my children on the scriptures of Allah. And that's the Quran, the Torah, the Zubar, and the Injil, and the hadith. The Quran tells you what to follow. It says, follow Rasulullah and this text, the Quran. It does not give us an alternative. And it's frightening for the children that, we, that, that you have to feel alone in the world when there's a community that says, well, come home where people are like you are trying, and we're going to fuss and fight in here. We're going to go through all the same thing, but we're trying at least together. And we'll fail, and we'll, we'll cry together. We'll fuss together. We'll scrape together. But we'll fight. It will be together the way Rasulullah did with his people in the beginning. They fought together, they cried together, they got defeated together, but it was together. And that's how we have to do it. We have to be an ummah to Rasulullah, a community, a nation of his, not individuals. There's no, we can't be individuals. We've got to come together and tolerate each other, as hard as that may seem for us as a people. Go ahead. Um, Bismillah. Aki, I don't know. We do need hadith. It's just that you have to understand that uh, as an American, you have a problem with, with language, and in doing that, we end up getting misinformed. Like, okay, you got a Quran. If you open the Quran, if you just read it, it tells you that the Quran is a hadith. It tells you in the Quran. That, no, no, as I'm saying, in the Quran, the 39th chapter, the 23rd verse will tell you that the Quran is the hadith. It says, Allah, ahsan al-hadith, right there. Allah has sent down the best hadith. Open the Quran and look right there in Arabic. You see it. I know that. You see 23, 39, 23? Says Allah, Allah, nazala al-hadith. Right? You see that there? I'm seeing it through my eyes. I'm saying right there in the Arabic, it tells you that the Quran is the hadith. 
Allah has sent down the best of hadith, a scripture that is consistent, it says. Then in another section of 31, 6 through 7, it says the same thing. Don't buy hadith. All I can say is that you, you don't need books by men when you have the Quran. The Quran is total and these hadith are misguided books by mortals to take people away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if you were, when you were studying your Quran, you was in the right guidance then. You didn't need none of those other things. You had the right guidance. And don't let anyone take you away from Allah. If you open the Quran to 25:30, it'll say the same thing. And Allah, the apostle, will say, my sustainer, my people have deserted this Quran. They have deserted the Quran. It tells you right there in the Quran, the 25th chapter, the 30th and 31st verse. Waqala ar-Rasul. It's telling you that his people, the apostle, has said, My sustainer, my people have deserted the Quran. We thus set up against every prophet enemies who are wicked. It's telling you, it's warning you against people who will, go, who will leave the Quran for writings of men. Write these chapters down and study them when you get home. 45, 6 through 11. It says, woe to every sinful fabricator. It tells you right there about hadith again. These are Allah's verses. We recite them to you truthfully. In which hadith, besides Allah's verses, do you live in? Please, someone read that out loud. 45, 6 through 11. Read 45, 6 through 11. It tells you right there. And the word in there is hadith. These are the communications of Allah which we recite to you with truth. Then, in what announcement? But the word here is hadith. Big word is hadith. And, but they translate it in Pakistani for announcement. In what hadith? Right there in Arabic. Write the word out on the blackboard and explain it. Hadith. In which hadith then will you put your trust in? And then it says, besides Allah and his verses, they do believe in. Woe to every sinful fabricator. It's telling us that people are going to fabricate books after this Quran called hadith. Right in the Quran. But no one can show you in the Quran where it says you should get guidance from them. But I'm showing you in the Quran the word hadith is in there. Saying don't follow them. Show them the word. So they'll see. Because you have to know the truth. Because the truth will make you free. Nobody can pervert or change Allah's words. The Quran has been tampered with too. Here you said that we shouldn't call Allah God. That's a but translation. Yet, but yet in the Quran it talks so much about That's a translation. God. That's why, that's why, that's not tampering the Quran. That's translation. That's why the first thing I said is you people have to let your children learn Arabic so that they don't get caught up in these confusions and these men's opinions. If those kids spoke Arabic, they would never even get to the word God because there is no word God in Arabic. So the main thing is the problem here is a lack of understanding the language and you got to care about the kids enough to get them to get the language so that they don't be sitting around doing what me and you are doing now later on in life because we could be arguing over little word meanings and waste a lot of time. But if, the kids, if you get the kids to Arabic, which you can't teach them yourself, you follow? Then they will know the truth and it won't be so easily misled. You didn't know the word Hadith 
Most people don't even know the word hadith is mentioned in the Quran as something that shouldn't be read because the people that come over here teaching them are Pakistanis predominantly or Afghanistanis and they don't know Arabic well enough. It's a lack of understanding the language why people are so misguided. That is the whole thing. You can't compare hadith to Quran. They're two different kind of Arabic. First of all, one is the Arabic of a man and the other is divinely inspired from Allah. And the Arabic that's in the hadith is not the same Arabic of the Quran. They don't even use the same terminology or grammatical structures. One of them is man's writings, and it's obvious when you read it in Arabic, and the other is divinely inspired, which is obvious when you read it in Tajweed or Tartil of Quran. This is very important. I'm not trying to verse you. I'm just trying to help you because I met many Muslims along the path of my life who have been misguided by men, and they don't realize, like I just showed you in this Quran, there are people that turn away from Allah, it says in the Quran. They turn away and they forsake the Quran for writings of men. It says it in the Quran, and it uses the word hadith in Arabic, but none of those translators put it there because they wasn't trying to wake y'all up. They didn't want y'all. They hate me. They hate me because I come along and I point out words and the meaning of words, and I'm conscious of racial differences in colors and hues and where people come from because Allah is conscious of it. They hate the fact that I point these things out. But the truth must be known. And in the scriptures, Allah tells me and you to look out for men who will give us hadith. Simple, right in the Quran. It's right there. I'm quite sure the brother put it on the blackboard. We have it's hadith. hadith as he showed That's right. It's hadith. Del. Show me where in the Quran it says Okay. Hadith. Open your holy Quran. You got it? Yes. And open it to the 45th chapter. And we go to the 6th verse. We have, in English, they say, these are the communications of Allah. Because I believe you're using the Shia Quran also, right? Now let's look at the Arabic. Tilka ayatu Allah. These are the signs of Allah. Natluha. All right? Which are recited alayka on, on you. Bilhaq. By way of the fact or the truth. Right? Fabi ayah. And, and I listen now, you see that word that follows that? Fabi ayah. You see, ha, del, ya, You see that? Then after that it says, Allah. The word you see there, right after that, fa, ba, alif, ya, is ha, del, ya, That word is hadith. These are the communications of Allah, which we recite to you with truth. Then, in what hadith, after Allah's signs, by the Allah, will you believe? Woe, wailingly, kulli, Woe to every sinful liar. It's telling us right there the word. Do you see that word hadith there? In the Quran, it's telling us not to follow them. It says the Quran is what was given to you, Muhammad. Tilka ayatullah. Bil haq. So now in what? So in which thing, ayah, which is ayah, hadith. So which of these hadith, bother Allah ayatuhu, after Allah signs, yu'minu, will you, will you put your faith? After the Quran, it says, by the law. The next word of the hadith is, by, 
which means after. Best I tell. After the now, what is the signs of Allah? The Quran. El Quran. It says, like, what things after the Quran are you going to put your faith? And the only book that came after the Quran is the Hadith. And it has the word Hadith right there in Arabic. It's right there. So, so Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. So, Aki, so, so, Allah said, Rasulullah. And and we can't follow his teaching. We, we have to follow, follow yes, we have to follow his way of doing things. And where did he get his way of doing things from? He got his way of doing things from Abraham. Open the Holy Quran at chapter 2, verse 130. It says, Which means, Wa and men. Who is it? Which is Ragaba, who turns away or forsakes or leaves or forgets or tries not to follow. And about Mila, the religion of Abraham, Ibrahim, Illa, except for men, he who, Safihu, is a fool, Nefsahu, within his own spirit. And if we go to the same chapter, the 136th verse, it says, say, قَالُوا آمَنَا بِاللَّهِ وَمَا أُنزِلَ إِلَيْنَا وَمَا أُنزِلَ إِلَى إِبْرَاهِيمُ وَإِسْمَائِيلُ وَإِسْحَاقُ وَيَقُوبُ وَأَسْبَاقُ Say this, Muhammad. We believe, we believe. آمَنَا بِاللَّهِ By way of Allah. وَمَا أُنزِلَ And what was sent إِلَيْنَا to us. وَمَا أُنزِلَ إِلَى إِبْرَاهِيمُ And what was sent to Abraham. And Ishmael, and Isaac, and Jacob, and the tribes of Israel. And what was given to Moses? You see that? And what was given to all of the other prophets? From their sustainer. No, we don't make any nufarik. No distinction. Baina ahadin between any of them. Min hum wa nahnu lahu muslimun. And we are indeed Muslims. This is the religion we're supposed to be following according to the Quran. This is what Allah taught us. And this is the religion that Muhammad followed. You know why the problem comes up in America so difficult in other places? Because if he was in, let's say, Sudan, in my country, he would have been raised in the Sunnah. But things people do in that environment are natural as they don't need to read hadith there because they've been living how to fast, how to circumcise, how to marry all this time. It's only because it's something new in America that you got to go to these books for this guidance. You follow? But the Ansars here are taught is the same way that Muhammad Ahmed al-Mahdi alayhi salam taught the Ansars in Sudan in the 18th century who got it from Ali and Fatima, who was the beloved daughter of the Prophet. So in Sudan, they live a certain way. That's why our brothers wear a certain type of jalabiyah. Our women wear their face covered a certain way. Uh, we do certain things certain ways, because we have our sunnah as passed down to us to a sensula. We don't have to read hadith. We got it from our fathers. My father taught me how to pray, and my father was taught by his father, was taught by his father, who takes his descendants, he's back to Mustafa Muhammad al -Amin. 
sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So I know how to live. I don't need hadith. I never had to read it. Because I was told, don't eat with this. Eat with these fingers. Sit down when you do this. Don't touch that. Don't talk for food. And that was the sunnah of Rasulullah. That's why I'm setting up a community so people can learn to live the sunnah and not read it. So until we meet again. Allah ma'akum. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah ta'ala wa barakatuh. اقرأ باسم ربك الذي خلق خلق الإنسان من علق اقرأ وربك الأكرم الذي علم بالقلم علم الإنسان ما لم يعلم صدق الله العظيم Those are verses 1 through 5 of Salat al-Allah from the Holy Quran chapter Separation of Cells. Now the 96th, originally the first chapter revealed to the Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. Translation by As-Sayyid Imam Isa al-Hadimah. And it reads as follows. Begin all things with the illustrious names of Allah, the yield of the most merciful. O seal of the prophets of Allah, Muhammad, by the supreme sovereignty of your sustainer creator. You are being ordered to read by beginning with the name of your illustrious sustainer who created all things. He, Allah, created all human beings of a separating cell. So read, because your sustainer, Allah, is most generous. He uses the quill to teach. He, Allah, taught human beings what they would have never known. You have been listening to The True Light with As-Sayyid Al-Imam Esau Hadiyah Mahdi. The Nubian Islamic Hebrew Mission would like you to write or send questions to True Light, 719 Bushwick Avenue, Brooklyn, New York, 1122 Because he was an Israelite